Disclaimer, the following Boundless Pub Trap episode contains strong opinions that some listeners may and will find offensive. If you cannot accept or respect others with a differing opinion from yours, then fuck off. Rolling sound. Y'all ain't playing no fucking these chickens, are you? Picture it. Sicily, 1920. Aren't we fucking funny? Streaming from the Midwest, right in the middle of the U.S. From Omaha, Nebraska, you're listening to the Boundless Pod Track, your entertainment podcast where we touch on all topics, from the crazy and absurd to the sacred and profane, and even the useless and unnecessary. The Boundless Pod Trap knows no bounds. And now, here are your hosts. God, I'm so fucking sick and tired of that intro. We need a new... Wait, we're on? Oh, hey. How's uh, it happening? I think that's a, exactly how we started the last one, too. I think that's the last... You started the last few like that, I think. Because it's... Possibly. It's, it's fucking 40 times you've heard that. Yeah, we're grumpy old men now. <laughs> Let it go. Move it on. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Boundless Pod Trap. Episode 40? Episode 40. Oh, I'm not speaking into the mic. That's why. Okay. Yeah. Ah, ah. such a good episode <laughs> until I now. Was, yeah, was Let's restart it. So, <laughs> restart it. So smooth. Oh, well. Our listenership was up and now. Right. We're almost Jeremy's age. We're episode 40. Almost my age. Yeah. No, Jeremy's almost I'm this almost age. almost the. <laughs> <laughs> we're old is what we're saying. Really? How are. you guys been? <laughs> shitty oh what happened talk to big papa lay down on the on the chair you, you know what my hot water heater blew up i had to wake up early and take care of that usually when it blows up it's, it didn't blow up okay. the bottom rusted out that's what <laughs> she said the bottom drops out <laughs> my bottom fell out yeah <laughs> and then i woke up and i'm still me you have like a buzz cut going on i did yeah my sister has breast cancer oh and uh-huh. i sh- shaved her head the other night so I shave mine too. <laughs> Fucker. Oh my god. <laughs> I that's the right button. Okay, I got it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> like it's funny, but it's fucked it's not, up. Okay, so she's she caught it earlier or what's up? Yeah, okay. yeah. She's got most of it removed. She's going through chemo now. Um <laughs> I'm so sorry. Like, <laughs> I, there's no way of editing that. <laughs> All right. Okay, so she's going through this <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Jeremy, did you need a water? That broke me. <laughs> broke. <laughs> Holy shit. That <laughs> was not supposed to happen. <laughs> we got our listeners back at least, right? <laughs> but that's not what's important. Um, Sorry about that. <laughs> the last, last time I laughed this hard was when we were talking about the topics of those girls and he said something about speaking of burned or whatever. Like, oh, no, speaking of smoking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's lost too, so. Yikes. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, that's why we went all natural. Yeah. Jim. Plus, I had a bunch of gray spots, so I'm curious to see if, like, those grow in oh, gray. Dude. The longer I let my hair grow, the more the gray sticks out. It, it's getting worse. Like, it's stretching around the back of my head now, too, all the gray hairs. Nice. My hair doesn't stretch that far. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. 
create your own character. Well, that's, I'm sorry to hear that about your sister. I, you know, she's a fucking fighter, and she's tough as a $2 steak. So. I've only met her, I think, one time, and yeah, she seemed pretty uh, feisty, and like she wouldn't take shit from anybody or anything. No, she does uh, not. Dude, no, she's she taken. Does not. Yeah, I know. <laughs> she's the one that made the game that I won at your baby shower. Not that one. The other one. My brother's wife. Oh, okay. Okay, uh, okay. Well, anyways, I'm still going to brag about that. I won the porn You game did win the porner labor game. Yeah. I totally I missed out my, on that. I know you my did. women's face. You did, because you don't like us. This is true. This is true. But anyway, enough about that. How have you guys been? Pretty busy. Had a few projects. Well, a project. Oh, you guys were there. Did a right. one for luggage and layover. Yeah, that and was a lot of a lot of fun. I left early because I was having a terrible time. <laughs> you missed out. Once you, you left, whoo! Party was on. We turned it into a different kind of movie. Did you? I'm not wearing any panties. Neither am I. I usually don't, but yeah, yeah no, we're, we're, we got one more day of filming left. One you. more day. Yep. Hopefully, one more day, and that will be. Hopefully, it'll be this year. Hopefully, that's tomorrow. I believe as this podcast comes out. <laughs> <laughs> I've been, uh, you know, keeping busy with work and trying to save money, but I have made the decision that we're postponing the filming of Unemployed W2 until April of 2023. Too many scheduling conflicts, like the calendar behind Lonnie's head is from the months of July, August, September, October. Those are the four months I was planning on filming it this year. And everybody's availability. I saw that one of the first times I came in here and that was up with all the names on there. And then I saw my sheets with my availability on there. I was like, oh, that's everybody's availability. And then you're like, no, that's everybody's no-goes. Yeah, that's their no-go. And it's like the weekends are when we're going to plan. If you notice, the weekends are the days that have the most names on it. So I just figured I'm... I have the schedule set for April 2023 to start filming, and I'm going to give that to everybody right now, and I expect no conflicts. When you have 10 months, 11 months to plan for it, you better be there. Make This needs to be a priority. But no, so that Whoops. with that, it opens up the... Uh, we'll be filming sometime in the next few months the short film that I wrote, Comedy. It's only like five, six pages called More Than Once. So we can do that. And then Justin's kind of inspired me to write a book, an ebook about filmmaking, which I'm going to do that. In addition to, I was told by our producer, Michael Laughlin, he's like, you should do the ebook, but not everybody reads. So he's like, you should do like a OnlyFans Patreon page where you take one of the topics and do like a five minute video. And every week you release a video. And I was like, I might do kind that. Of like a, a companion to that yeah or is it going to be strictly from it it's going to be from it but just spoken and showing examples and stuff i'm trying to make it humorous and not just me like so what you're gonna want to do is this and step so so yeah and that'll stretch it out over time and i'll always be promoting the book saying like if you want to read everything that i talk about my and i want to call it i do it my way because I think everybody should do filmmaking their way. When I say go. And, and you're doing it on OnlyFans, so your dick's going to be all right. Yeah, it'll be me That's... reading with my feet in frame. <laughs> so. Gross. Nice. I don't know if that people will like that or... Well, can you put your feet in some chili? Yes. Oh, no more chili. God, no. Yeah. Don't get the large chili at Wendy's. Yeah, I miss that chili. It's good, but knowing how it's made... It's yeah, four days so old. No. It just that scraped four the days old would be great. <laughs> more than that. It's more than that. Yeah, they right. don't ever clean the the pan. They just keep on recycling it. No, I, I it gives it. It makes you a better immune system. I think. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but at Wendy's, 
like their counter that you order at and their kitchen are basically the same thing. It's really small, but Wendy's always has like 13 employees back there. How do you fit 13 of you back there? And why do you need 13 of why you Why are there? there 13 of you back there? And it always takes me 10 plus fucking minutes to get yeah. my one cup of goddamn chili. Pull to the other window. Yeah. Well, they all look like they we'll walk also, it to you. They all look like they were just released from prison like a couple days ago as well. What the fuck is that supposed to mean? They wow. look like they're in prison. <laughs> oh, oh okay. okay. Got to clear that up for you. Gotcha. You still see markings, the abrasions on their wrists from the handcuffs. So this is kind of a, an anniversary type episode yeah, here. Yeah, we're at a milestone. Our 40th. And with that comes the fact that the three of us are, we're not, this is the last yeah. podcast the three of us are doing yeah, we're together. Not, we're not doing this anymore. The three of us are Surprise! not Surprise! <laughs> Boom shaka. Are we moving? Oh, because of the lease? Because of the fleas? Fleas. Okay. Fleas? That's what that is? Lonnie has fleas. I'm just happy it's not <laughs> crabs again. Oh. It could be. Oh, no, no, no. Could be yeah. both. But yeah, no, this is the 40th episode. We, yeah. We haven't been kicked off Spotify yet. So we thought we Spotify, Spotify doesn't even listen to our stuff. There's like... I don't know these guys. Yeah, they let Joe Rogan stay. They stopped listening to episode one when Justin was like, what happened? <laughs> what's what? happening? Fuck it. It's what's happening? Put him in the dark section. You got to put some, some emphasis on it. You got to mean it. What's happening? We, we, we need to start taking this to different levels. Like you need to get in contact with Benito Garcia because they want to put us on this uh, other platform. This other platform with other podcasts. And it's just like they got a lot of followers. I think we'd fit in good there. I know we we got to work that thing out with David Howard Thornton yeah. for Terrifier 2 when it finally comes out to bring him and the director out here for yeah. it. But yeah, we, we really got to start getting our name out there, getting more listeners. If it's 40 episodes. It's fun to do, but I think we need to, people are missing out on our stuff. I, I've, I've listened to podcasts and it's just like, not because it's ours and not, not being biased, but I think we have a very entertaining podcast. At times, there are some of those episodes where we're just like, we phoned that one in, but you guys can help us too. I mean, what's our email address? Boundlesspodtrap at gmail. Boundlesspodtrap at gmail.com. Message us. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, so we can ignore it. No, we're not. We we know. Go on. You don't have to tell us that you hate Lonnie's voice. Facebook. I can't (laughs) fucking help it. Instagram it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, do you want more games? 40, we can play more games. What I would like to say Fuck about you. the Boundless Pod Trap <laughs> is like 40 episodes in, and we have strived to give you guys as much value to increase your guys' self, to become the most best person that you can be. And even though we've missed the mark 40 episodes, <laughs> it says more about our consistency and that we're still trying. So, And if anything, remember to go to Zazzle.com. Zazzle. Dot com to get a picture of Lonnie. No, but no, for, I would for, say a picture of my feet, but yeah. for, for real, at the end of this episode, you got to go all the way through. You can't skip ahead, but we are going to tell you about the future of BPT that right. starts effective immediately. I don't even know what episode. it is. I feel like you're giving me more homework. I'm giving you a boner. Yes. <laughs> this hard boner. Yes. So what's on the docket, Lonnie? It's a, tonight we got actually a lot going on. We each got our topic like normal. Jeremy's going to finish it up tonight with amusement park accidents, something I think all of us are terrified about. Tis the season. Tis, yeah. Justin, he's going to fill us in about what are we doing tonight? Pyramid schemes. Pyramid schemes. (laughs) 
we're going to be talking about some things. I have a theory. He's got a theory? Yeah. And I'm going to fill you in, and, and this is coming out way after the fact, but last weekend, there was a couple big shootings that happened in the U.S. There was the Buffalo shooting, but the Buffalo shooting kind of outshined another shooting that happened in, I think it was... Lagula? Lagulica. Lagula Woods, California church shooting that happened at a, a Taiwanese church. And we're going to dive into that a little bit. We definitely know the Buffalo shooting was race-related, but this one might be as well. We're going to dive into that a little bit. But we also have our songs of the week we want you guys to check out and listen to. And then also we're going to step into the We You Thought We Forgot. Little, little, but we didn't. But we didn't. We didn't forget it. We didn't we're forget talk a damn about thing. It. I'm pretty excited with my topic for that one. Yeah, yeah. Me we're, too. We're gonna close out on yours, but we're gonna go ahead, go ahead and get started tonight on my topic about Laguna Wood shooting. Do it to it. Now I don't know much about. I know nothing about this shooting because I my everybody's focus attention was, on was yeah. I was on the Buffalo one. And, and the Buffalo was a horrible thing. Fuck yes, it was. Well, both it, of them for sure. And that but shooter is shooting. still alive, and that shooter should be dead. I don't care if he was on his knees giving up. He should have had a bullet right to the fucking and head. That it, doesn't do him any good. In every shooting, he's a suffer. In every shooting, should be equally as acknowledged. I get that. I think in the current climate of the U.S., Buffalo got a lot more attention than this other shooting. But I wanted to dive a little bit more into this one because it has lots of unanswered questions that, as race goes, I think it's very interesting. A little bit of facts on the shooting. The shooter, David Chow, 68, a Chinese immigrant, shot up the Taiwanese Presbyterian Church. They were having a luncheon for former pastor Reverend William Chang, 68, they had 148 members of this church were there celebrating him because he just got back in the area. He came in. He just started making pot shots at the crowd. Wasn't there something that his wife was just also released back, I guess, uh, was it for him or for? It was for him, yeah. And he was at the podium, and reports say he at first thought it was a toy gun. Like, it was so surreal that he was just standing up shooting people luckily only five people were injured and there was one fatality but the leaders of the church the elders of the church were the ones who subdued the shooter unfortunately one of the people who tried to subdue the shooter was fatally shot uh he was a doctor by the name of john chang didn't they hog tie the shooter yeah yeah, with like electrical cord yeah and they took the gun and And they one of them Surprise him specifically orange. He's like, he's got a steel chair. You know, threw the chair at him, and that kind of like gave the sixty-year-old-plus members to like tackle him. Right. Yeah. And they took the gun and they ran it off and they put it in a refrigerator. They hauled that shit as far away as possible. It's a shame that anyone was fatally shot, but the fact that a doctor who has had to put in years of work with COVID and everything else he's done, it's it's a shame. The way he started out, like he was just a doctor who kind of went to like a park and got members that way, way back in the day when he was a recent immigrant, I want to say it was. Yeah. And then he made his following like the small town doctor that everybody knew and loved and they were their first go-to. Like he took all the calls and had no qualms of putting other people first. So that's very tragic for, for that person. Right. And the community, I should say too. Yeah. And the fact that the leaders, the elders of this church were the ones to rush him 
with protecting all the children, the teens, a lot of the other elders of the church. That just shows so much compassion. I think it's fantastic. I can see the younger generation and the the millennials of this generation not shitting on them because we are millennials as well, not taking that initiative, like being scared in a situation where elders of that generation would instantly just jump on the opportunity to be not a hero, but right. to I'd imagine completely the elders- self sacrifice to save yeah i'd imagine most of the elders of that generation already have stories to tell like they've probably been through worse since most all of them were immigrants right right but here's the twist on this the shooter was of chinese descent he was a chinese immigrant and he came in and shot up a taiwanese church now was this coincidence or was this race related because something about wait was he chinese he was a chinese he was a chinese immigrant i know the the shooter was speaking Taiwanese. Right. But so, yeah, he was right. he was a Chinese immigrant, right. raised in China, came over. The dialect isn't that far off. So. Right. <laughs> the Thai people and the Chinese people have been at war since World War II. Not physical war, but conflict since World War II. So that has been a quote-unquote race war between those two for decades. Would you two consider this... A racially motivated shooting or just a coincidental shooting? I would I, say it's more racial. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I mean, the person going there seemed to have like more of a motive to attack a specific, like, I don't see any reason to, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't I'm not there. I don't know all the other details, but I don't see any other reason to attack this church other than because he, he wasn't a member of the church at right. all. None of the people there knew him or seen him in any services. He chose that particular church. You said he was speaking Taiwanese. Taiwanese, yeah. their language. Yeah. Have they released what he was saying? Uh, not that I've noticed, no. Because I think that would be a telltale sign of if this was racial or not. Right. Which I'm assuming, from what I hear, as somebody that doesn't know much about this, I 100% think that this had to do with race. Well, and the problem with it, and double-edged sword of this situation is we are so ingrained over the last while of thinking everything is so racially motivated I hate because that. of the current climate we live in. I hate that that swing. there Because most of the times it's falsely accused that way. It's like because it's going to rile up the community or the, the media, all that. Right. It's like it's, it's a driving factor to try to... Everything is so pushed yeah. in our faces that it's like, this was racially motivated. But was it? But then you have like the Buffalo shooting. That was which 100%, 100%. He had a fucking 150 some page manifesto. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. With something that that's was... so detailed as that, like, yes, that is racially motivated. When people make themselves known so much like that, I hate when they, just because an officer is of a different color. And that's, that's one of the things I hate when they do that too. Like if a white cop murders a black citizen, then they want to drive that story. But if a black cop kills a black citizen, the public's not going to pick it up. Right. So they won't run with it. Well, and I'm surprised, and I hate keep going back to the Buffalo one, but I'm... No, Buffalo su- was a huge I'm thing. I'm surprised it- we haven't heard the whole white privilege because if that was a black shirt, he'd have been dead. He wouldn't have been taken into police custody or whatever, which I'm kind of on that fence. I don't like being that way, but it's just like this guy had evil intentions, obviously, and he, well, he wasn't hiding it. And it's just like, he's an evil person. Take out evil. Like, I don't care. I know somebody said that they tried to, but because of like his 
the body armor he was wearing, they couldn't get him. But when the cops showed up, he took his helmet off everything, put his gun down. And it's like, I don't care if he's surrendering. He's a fucking evil individual. Blast him in his goddamn face. There's a morality to that. I mean, that doesn't make it right. Because, I mean, like, you can do the same thing to anybody. Like, the police's job is pretty much to de-escalate the situation. If the person is surrendering, you don't increase the escalation, although bad cops do that. Like, they keep on increasing the escalation, usually in security or some sort of um, authority figure. The job is to decrease the threat level. So when the person is surrendering, there's really no reason because, I mean, they can be apprehended themselves. Yeah, but just think of the lack of threat if you just blasted the fucker away i mean i don't know and i guess too they don't know what all went down although there were two three dead bodies right out front by him anyways but anyway keeping a criminal alive is pretty much to also question them to test their you know give them a mental evaluation and all this anybody that kills people is mentally unstable yeah you don't need to some of them have talk to them about it then you can talk to them to try to prevent things like this from happening again but it's going to happen over and over and over and over again. To me, I think the only way that this could somewhat stop is if we stop having the media do stories on it. Don't acknowledge it. I know that's tough. People like me, I like reading up on these things, but at the end of the day, when you glorify it and you're glorifying the killer. I think it's mainly the people who are glorifying. Like I know you said many times, like you don't like to hear the killer's name in the news while the other people's names is like, it's not really glorifying that. I mean, like it's also like, you know, you're a fucking asshole, Jeremy Labosh. Like, saying that isn't glorifying you. It's insulting. Like, most of the time the killer is met with, like, this fucker is, you know, whatever, whatever. But, yeah, they are the one who are getting more but of the, the attention. they're still, they're getting their fame. They don't care if it's a negative fame. Their face and name is now etched in history, whereas the victims, you can't remember a fucking face of any of the victims yeah. because they their name maybe get mentioned once. Right. There was a twist the media did with Buffalo, which it's a very understandable twist. It's not not the twist is understandable, but the emotion is very understandable. But the way they twisted it in the media, I did not care much for. The article was the rising fear in the black community. And the way they made it sound is black people are now afraid to leave their homes. They have to be extra cautious when they go anywhere. And I get that from an emotional standpoint that, yes, you have to be cautious when you have to be safe. It's something you should do anyway. Like you should always be aware of your surroundings. You should always, it doesn't matter what your ethnicity is, you should be aware of your surroundings, especially in in a bad neighborhood. But putting that irrational fear into other African-American people who aren't necessarily in that city of Buffalo or this and that, say an African-American family who lives in a predominantly white neighborhood who had no fear whatsoever now reads that and now they're extremely scared. Or a national family who lives in a bigger town that had no fear whatsoever reads that article and now they have this fear in their mind because they read an article saying you should be scared. Yeah, I, I don't think that was twisted very inappropriately. Oh, for sure. That does, I mean, two, three, fourfold. Like, not only does it make a, a class of people like more victims, but it makes people want to be victim as well because that is a driving, like half of the media that I follow when it comes to like, I guess most all of the, my media is usually black content creators. Like yeah. most of the, the stuff I, I listen to podcasts and stuff is usually like a black content creator. Right. Black what? Content creator. Content creator. creator. You said the C word. Uh-huh. But <laughs> it, like, I feel like 
there there's two types of people who can kind of come out of that. Like there's the new age educational who like to use so many buzzwords like I am a victim and they are being rewarded with their bad behavior. Like their only means of income is because they choose to be a victim. Right. It's like they like look Black Lives Matter and all this. It's like the creator of this who she does nothing or they they have not done nothing for like the black lives like the, the black lives I should say. They've moved into suburbs, they bought their own houses and stuff with the the proceeds that they got, like but then they try to deny everything about it. It's like you aren't doing anything for it. You're just stealing everybody's money. Right. And then a lot of people are buying into this. And I think the worst thing is like the white knights who kind of come after the fact. It's like they have to kowtow to something. It's like let people be people. Stop trying to control people like with with all the buzzwords. And uh, that's just what media does these days. It's Well, the thing Raisin Moxley has really given me the perspective of raising a kid is not easy. Definitely not. And the the struggles that we have, I can't imagine those same struggles now also having to put that extra paradigm of, well, now you have to be extra safe or you'll be a victim. Like not only are you trying to learn the world and not only are you trying to take a kid out in a world that's just fresh and new because you just are coming out of a pandemic for now, you could go back into it next week. Who knows? But now it's like, Put on your bulletproof vest, honey. Yeah. It's sad, though, to think that way, but it's almost essential. Like, we weren't taught when we were in grade school. Somebody could come in and shoot up the school. There were things happening like that, Columbine and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. We, we just but, got under a desk, and that does the same thing. Yeah. as like a, a bomb explosion. Right. Like, yeah. But yeah. What is it going to do? That, but was, it's just that like, was our solution for everything. Uh, Crawl under the desk. But uh. it's like the world we live in, like, I think people need to not act like you're going to be a victim, but you need to be aware you should have something in store because like you can't go to the grocery store now without worrying about being shot up. Everybody's got to do that. You got to get food somehow. It's just, you need to have that plan in place. Like, you know, whether you want to conceal and carry, I don't know. Like I'm still on the fence. If I want to go through, like I passed the course I could carry if I want to, I don't know if I want to, but it's just, I know my nephews get talked to about situations like if it were to happen at their school, what they should do to prepare for it. And I don't know. It's just, it's crazy. And I mean, there was like this past weekend, besides the two that we talked about, there was like one or two other shootings that took place too. And it's just like, what is going on in this world? It's the same stuff. I mean, it's just more put out there. Like we have more access. There's an ease of access that we can get the, right. Usually it was just like from town to town and like, we wouldn't hear anything about it. It's just be blown over. Like might be able to read about it in the newspaper. And so the constant input of all this negative news, like it doesn't help anybody's cortex. It doesn't help our our emotions or anything, but like there is a, a softer approach that a lot of people take to this. Like it does frustrate me a little bit when people are like, well, I shouldn't have to worry about what I shouldn't have to. It's like, but you kind of do because you, I don't want to blame the victim, but it kind of have to in, in some senses. It's like, but you knew this person wanted to take you here and you went along with it. You knew that they knew this person there and yeah, you got your, your money stolen and all that. Um, we can go right. even further with that, but it's like, yeah, I guess because I come from more of like a, a martial upbringing, like knowing how to use something just in case to be more proactive than reactive, having the right tools for the right job, being able to help yourself be overprepared than be underprepared. Uh, that was a whole lot of jargon there, but <laughs> usually the case with you. <laughs> it, it most often checks out. Uh-huh. Uh, 
But yeah, I mean, like the people who don't want to do any of that, it's like, well, you have to take effort on your part to secure your own safety. You can't expect, you can't walk out and expect everybody else to take care of you. Like this coddled culture, it is very frustrating because it's like, I'm watching the dominoes fall. It's like, you're standing in the way there. Like, come on, do something. Right. Well, we, we went from such a coddled culture over the last couple of years to, well, now you're going to get beaten, robbed yeah. before you know it. That's the nature of the beast, though. Like, like, no one cares about you anymore, Susan. Like, we don't care about your Uggs. We don't care about that mom gives you. Right. It's like society is there, to, or civilization. Like, we are supposed to have, like, these laws and rules that we're supposed to follow to have a, a thriving society. The idea of community, especially in big cities, it's little and far between. Like, I don't think a lot of people can walk out their door and trust the person who lives on either side of them. It's no. like, that is... Kind of like some people never, like they live in their house for five, 10 years and they've never even talked to one of their, their neighbors. It's like, come on, man. Like you guys got to kind of, in a sense, put yourself out there. At least know that, or let other people know that you're for them or, you know. My next door neighbor's name's Tony. And I know that because I've yelled from across my porch, hey, Tony. <laughs> Did he answer I, back? Yeah. I would say the positive to take out of that church shooting was <laughs> what the end result can be if everybody there isn't a victim and fights back because it was one fatality and that fatality was when they were trying to restrain the person. But it's just like, if you want to just sit there and let this person open fire on you, you're going to have a lot more fatalities, but fight back, grab furniture, start throwing shit. 60 year old. I mean, they kept up with her Tai Chi and everything like, right. A room of 140 people with a gunman just taking pot shots at people and only five people were injured. Like, that's incredible. Dragon yeah. seeks path. Dragon whips tail. <laughs> it is. I mean, that could have been a lot worse. I could sit here and say that all day because fortunately I've never been in that situation. Hopefully I'd never have to be in that situation. But you don't know how you're going to react when it, like I could say like, yeah, that's easy to do. All, somebody starts opening fire at work. I'm just going to sneak up from behind with a chair and throw it at him and then clip his legs and sit on the gun. But when push comes to shove, I... Like, it's nice to play the thought in your head here and there just because it becomes more of, like, a mental muscle. It's like, okay, okay, it's it's happening. Yeah. Like, when shit gets real, like, you don't know until you know. And, like, I hate when people do that way, like, going to watch fights at, like, a bar and, like, you, know, you got that one person who's, you know, standing in front of the screen like, man, if I was there, I would. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't, though. Yeah. But so, I thought you liked when I said stuff like that. I don't. Go watch fight. Sit oh. the fuck down. Okay. <laughs> well, and we know a fighter and a very good fighter. And watching him fight sometimes and you can see the thoughts going through his head and you're generally there with him thinking of the thoughts going through his head thinking, oh yeah, I would do this, I would do that, I would do this. And just watching all your ideas crumble like, oh, that, that, that didn't work. Oh, that didn't work. We know a fighter? Yeah. Who? TJ. Oh, okay. And like you watch stuff and you're like, oh, I would have done that. Oh shit, that didn't work. You think you know things until it's put in the situation where you don't know shit. Right. It's like you can plan to prepare or prepare to plan. I'm mixing up my words again. Those work both ways. Preparation meets opportunity is the only time when it works. Right. And it's like, I mean, like I said, you don't know until you know. It's like when you're in there, there's so many factors that weigh in. It's like it just changing one thing to a simplest degree can change the whole outcome. Absolutely. There could have been a lock on that church. Yeah. Um, The only thing about it and the thing, two things, and then we can move on. One, they are prosecuting with prejudice on the shooter. 
So he is potentially facing the death penalty, which I think is great. I think they should prosecute him to the full extent of the law. Um, Justin doesn't agree. <laughs> is that your is that your death penalty boner? <laughs> and the other thing, we just reached all my steps. And the other thing is in regards to the Buffalo situation and whatnot, and and I can say this confidently, it's just not fair. And it has nothing to do with white privilege. It has nothing to do with wealth standards. It has nothing to do with that. It's got to the point where it's it's just not fair. It's not fair to have to be put in the situations that they're put in. It's not fair that we're responsible for ruining people's homes and emotions and lives. And in the same sense, it's, it's, it sucks. Well, and the one thing is... I think these people need to understand is not all white people are, are evil. Not all black people are evil. Not all Asian people are evil. Not all Spanish people are evil. Like I, I feel like just all, so all Mexicans though. Fantastic. Yeah. It's just that there's, there's Except good, there's good Escobar. in everybody. And I mean, I know I'm not, <laughs> I know I'm not the most positive person out there. I gripe about certain things a lot, but it's just, I think you, you need to see the good in people. I mean, there are some people out there, yes, that don't have good, like the 18-year-old that killed the people in Buffalo. I mean, that's just evil. He's evil. But, I mean, I think it's hard to see in some situations, but I think there are positives in every situation out there. Like I said, the church thing, I mean, positive is hopefully people can learn, like fighting back can save it. I mean, the same thing, Go you go back to 9-11, the people that saved the White House from getting bombed with a, a plane because they fought back with the terrorists and they sacrificed their lives. And I mean, those are true heroes right there. Yeah. But. There's a kind of a hard take. Do you think racism is bad? Do I think racism is bad? Yes. That's such a, a, a bold question. It is. I, mean, I don't, I don't even know. I think a lot of people who. What's your definition of racism? Racism is pretty much hatred of a, another race or even your own race too and you asked is there positive in that yes well is there do you think it's bad hating another race that's pretty much the the uh, definition an entire race yeah. hating that entire like just looking race? at a, yeah, that's a, bad somebody of a different ethnicity and like writing them off because of their ethnicity that's t- terrible you i know, think how like poland and you know or russia and ukraine and all this it's like just because they're of you know on a different side of they were born on different dirt that makes them bad it oh it's like part of me like i don't want to fault someone who is racist i fault someone who acts on their racism it's i don't believe in punishing thought crime because it's like yeah you have a bad day and you're like you just ah i can fucking kill my boss right now and it's like just because you said that or thought that should you be punished for that it's like no because you might be racist you have that opportunity to learn you know like oh you know, like so many people go to prison and like, you know, like some white dude goes to prison, you know, and he's like of a Ku Klux Klan member or something like that. But like he has to fold clothes with the black dude and it's like he learns. It's like it becomes his best friend. And yeah. this is kind of like a premise of his, a movie. And then his little brother gets <laughs> shot in the bathroom. and Yeah. No. But I mean, like you have that opportunity to learn. It's like we because it isn't fair. Life is not fair. Like just look at nature. You know, you're seeing there's always the prey and the predator and all this. And it's like. It sucks, but you have to learn how to navigate through that. You have to learn how to protect. Like, if there's things that you care and value, like, you can understand, like, maybe right here is not safe for me. And if I have the means to do so, I can move out or I can build community or 
I can let people know who I am. That way they, it can maybe mitigate the dangers. Right. It's like you do have a bit of control over certain threats. It's like things like this where the shooting, you had no control. You knew when it was happening. But it's like judging somebody because of a race, uh, in times that can help you. There are people who might cross the street because of somebody who looks at a, a bigger, you know, like they might be a threat to them. And they possibly could have. But it's like it's running from the bush thinking that there's a, a tiger in the bush when maybe half of the time there isn't. But that one time that there is, you were safe. Right. So it's like it's not right, but it's not necessarily wrong either. Like applying that morality just to somebody who's like racist. And I always say that. It's like tell me who you are. That way I know I, if you're offering a service, I know I don't want to give my money to you. I want to know. The people who operate with uh, hidden agendas or ulterior motives, it's like just to get into your pocket or take advantage of you. It's like, I wish I would have known you were a piece of shit. So be upfront with it. All right. Well, that was intense. Next. Next. <laughs> well, so segue what into about our... some things people forget about things often, but. I got something for that. What about yeah. things people thought they forgot, thought they forgot, but we're going to bring back up. Here we go. We forget about my psychiatrist and. Don't forget about me. Forget about it, huh? I want to forget about that for a minute, okay? Shit, I forgot about that one. But I forgot about the whole thing. I forgot about that! I completely forgot. Man, you forgot about me? Maybe she forgot about you. I'm sorry, I forgot about you. I think I forgot about you. No, I didn't forget. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I didn't forget. Uh, I, I didn't forget. Of course, I didn't forget. Well, you didn't think I forgot about you, did you? That was about 30 seconds too long. <laughs> I was going to say, the fucking intro is going to be longer than the that, topic. That was, that was, it's good. But that but was nice, though. Good. good on you. That's a lot of I bet you. I bet through. you forgot about what our next topic is going to be. <laughs> oh, so things that you thought we forgot about, but we didn't. Yeah. Maybe you did, but it, we're going to bring it back up. Yeah, there's something we do every now and then where we... This kind of touches on to like that original stuff. Like just because something was inserted slightly before another news kind of toppled over it and made it into the ether. Yeah. Yeah. Mine is going to be that one. So... Yeah. Go. So why don't you boys start since I went ahead and started I've been, the show. I've been wanting to do this for many episodes. This is probably my favorite murder, but wasn't a murder. It was a suicide. And this has tight relations with Jeremy because Jeremy is solely Squeeze responsible for this. So uh, <laughs> there was a 71-year-old man who was found dead on January 2018. Thanks, Jeremy. No problem. <laughs> Do what I can. <laughs> okay, it wasn't Jeremy, but it, it does kind of uh, coincide with some things that he does. So a 71-year-old Florida man was found dead in his Bailey Niles Country Club home in January of 2018. So there was a fatal bullet shot found, which they ruled as a murder since there was no note or no weapon by. So like he was outside, just dead. So because they couldn't rule it as a suicide because there was no weapon. The thing is, it's like this dude was kind of smart. What do you think? You, you kind of giving me those. I have no idea where this is going. <laughs> I forgot about this one. Hey. So what? This is four years ago. About a week later, they ruled it as a suicide. They figured out what he did. There was like some video that found out like, oh, shit. Oh, this is a suicide. Like, OK, he bought <laughs> he tied a gun to a helium balloon. <laughs> <laughs> 
shot himself in the gun. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking great. <laughs> it's, this is like my favorite suicide. Like, don't do this. But it's like, yeah, if you're, if you're having suicidal thoughts, please call the suicide hotline. But... Like fucking creating this thing—that's metal as fuck. How how tiny was this gun? It was it was like one of those weather. How balloons. big was it? It was like bullet? a ninety dollar oh. weather balloon that he got from like Walmart or something like that. No so wonder he shot himself. So frivolous with money. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> that's great. <laughs> so but since Jeremy uh, fills helium balloons on the regular, yeah. So. Now every time I do, I'm going to be like, "Oh boy, yeah. is this for probably, a baby reveal party?" Why are, I need to have proof that this is for a party, and you're not going to <laughs> kill yourself. Well, this would this balloon hold a nine millimeter? You're going to need ah, like a, yeah. a questionnaire with this. That that's the next punishment for somebody. We're going to a party shop, and we're going to get balloons and they have to be like do you think that that gun or that balloon would hold a nine millimeter no then where's your antidepressants uh, <laughs> that's crazy that would be like we blow me up one balloon and then tie it to a gun and drop and be like i better take a couple more <laughs> i just keep getting balloons and downloads <laughs> so they saw a video of it or they how, saw or... a video of him walking with a weather balloon pretty much before because there was no visual where he actually offed himself at but, I mean, I might have shot him, too, if he was walking down the road with a weather balloon. Wow. Uh, it was just like one of those little big silver weather balloon. That's a good way to get away with murder. I mean, you'll eventually find the weapon. I'm pretty sure it's going to yeah, end up in some kid's backyard. Some Tucson, Arizona. Some bird's flying. It's like, hey, a blue, is that a fucking gun? <laughs> uh-uh. What the fuck? But, yeah, that's mine. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Kudos to that guy for <laughs> I guess, I guess he, he saw, what was it, like a Law & Order episode where the almost nearly that exact storyline happened. Mm. And he's just like, yeah, it's a good way to go. 71 years old, got nothing better else cancel to do. Law & Order. Yeah. Cancel. Bingo night's going to be one short tonight. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Well, good on him, I guess. That's it. That's, what do you got? That's We're going to me. Okay. So I bet you thought we forgot about. Oh, let me play the song first. Hold on the five minute thing oh man i bet you people forgot about a little show that took place for two seasons from september 1999 to april 2001 ali mac a show called battle dome oh yeah which uh combined elements of american gladiator with the antics of professional wrestling the reoccurring characters known as warriors that were scripted and had personas would compete weekly against contestants who were not characters or scripted and physically demanding and often dangerous events. So Battle Dome, they had their main characters uh, and then they also had events. Some of the events that they had were called the Battle Wheel, which was a spinning cone where there were two warriors, one at the top, one halfway through, and the contestant had to get to the top. And I remember an episode where one of the contestants was thrown from the top and their leg snapped in half and Eesh. that scarred me. There's another event called takedown, which was basically football, but with trying to get past the warriors and usually didn't end well. Roller cage of fire, which I think by season two, it was just called roller cage without the fire because I think the fire got a little carried away. <laughs> Aerial kickboxing, G-Force, Battle Bridge, Anti-Gravity, Interceptor, just to name a few. 
And then they had their characters, which it was mainly guys, and the guys did have some valets that were with them. But the the names of these characters were Bubba King, the Commander, Kuda, which I'm sure was probably Justin's favorite, DOA. Is that the hooded one? I think so. Nice. Jake Fury, Michael O'Dell, Payne, Sleepwalker, T-Money, who was played by Terry Terry Crews, (laughs) Baby Blue, Johnny Rocco, Snake, Mad Dog Steel, Moose, and The Prince. But yeah, that was definitely a show I I really loved. My friends and I were all into that. We actually named one of our backyard wrestling TV shows that we did after Battle Dome because there was an announcer on that show who talked like this. And every time something happened, he'd be like, he just got cranked. So we named one of our TV shows Cranked. But yeah, Lonnie, it doesn't sound like you remember this show. Not at all. Justin. I remember... I remember the logo. I remember maybe watching some of these matches, but it should be. So I I really feel like I was looking up why it only lasted for two seasons. I'm thinking because it was probably really dangerous. Oh, yeah. A lot of the contestants got hurt. Like I said, a guy that one guy I saw that broke his leg. He was not the only one that had a broken bone from the show, but it was it was American Gladiators on steroids, and they were yeah. already on steroids. Yeah. That's true. What wasn't uh, on steroids but, on American Gladiators? But I think like was it, it was laced with something else. It was like the contestants. It wasn't just, and I could be wrong with this. It wasn't like they were just on one show. It was the whole season would be like contestants on the show, and then whoever was the winner got to go to the end of the season, and then that's when they had like the tournament with the winners from each episode of the season. And whoever won the tournament got to be a warrior on the next season. So they got bumped up to be one of the characters and stuff. But yeah, it's definitely, I'm sure there's something out there semi like it now, but I love that show so much. It was, (laughs) it was so violent. It was around the raw era. So yeah, it kind of pulled a lot from that. It was right before. And I mean, that's what made Terry Crews. Oh yeah. Was that is that show? I mean, he. I thought Friday made Terry Crews, but uh, I don't know. I, th- I think people knew who you were. I am this. a boy, <laughs> but he is a boy, or a big boy. Diamond. So that's mine. Nice, nice. So mine has a. I'm gonna start with some information before we get into mine. So on the twos of every decade, that it was a magical year because amazing influential albums came out on the twos of a decade i mean like so we'll start 1962 bob dylan's self-titled came out the supremes meet the supremes came out sam cook released twist the night away 1972 the rolling stones exile on the main street came out al green's let's stay together came out alex cooper's schools out came out 1982 duran duran's rio came out the cures pornography came out iron maiden's number of the beast came out Michael Jackson's Thriller came out in 1982. 1992, Pantera's Vulgar Display of Power, Alice in Chains' Dirt, Countdown to Destruction from Megadeth all came out in 1992. 2002, Eminem, The Eminem Show came out. Avril Lavigne's Let's Go and Maroon 5's Songs About Jane came out. And then you thought we forgot about 2012, didn't you? Those fucking minds ruined everything, saying the world was going to end. No, they just didn't have any more... The calendar ended. Yeah. They, they, but it was... They ran out of material, that's but all. But they knew it was going to be the end times. 
flip the coin over. There's another. <laughs> <laughs> but no, December 21st, 2012 was the end times. But that, that nothing happened except the streak of good albums coming out on the twos. 2012, not a decent album in 2012. You said Maroon 5 and Avril Lavigne? Yeah, those are flops. No, those were top top scoring albums. They were, but they were not good. I. It doesn't matter if we liked them, but they were they were top selling albums. I don't understand Adam Levine. Neither do I. A that he was exactly he was able to get multiple albums that sold many 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 copies, but he also was a judge. On a, a show called The yeah. Voice. Have you and seen like, his face? Well, I don't care about he his looks. I'm praying on you tonight. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> but uh, 2012, nothing came out worth the shit. 2012 was Bad. just part of, like, 2011 through 2014 were kind of a blur to me. Like, I can't even... A lot was going on in my life at that time, but I can't even pinpoint exact things that went on. Like, I know that was around the time period we started the Glamgore Girls. I couldn't tell you the exact date that that was, but yeah, 2012 seems um, that Lana uh, Del Rey came out. Who the fuck is Lana Del Rey? I'm talking influential albums that changed music. Maybe one album that's released that changed music. Hold on, I'm, I'm still looking. Every album that I named in the twos changed music somehow other shit did it pick back up in 2014 <laughs> there was influential albums but nothing as much as that happened on the twos but that brings us back to the other 10-year cycle is this year 2022 we'll see if the cycle begins again or if the mayans just fucked us uh well nothing so far and we're all halfway through are we halfway through yeah, we are. May this, 5. Well, at the end of this month, we'll be halfway through. At the end of no, next month. Next month, yeah. Well, this month for this podcast. Yes. Sean Paul came out with something. D'Antwood. 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 I think of Fricky and I like you a lot. That's D'Antwood, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. You're looking yeah. at me like I... Yeah. I'm shocked you know who they are. Sexy boy. D Se- means the in German. Hold up. Wait a wait a minute. Hold up. Oh, now I want to change that to my song for this episode. <laughs> but boys, that's I'm what sorry, I got. I got that Van Helen came out with something. <laughs> that's that's what I got. Van Helen. Yeah, February seventh of twenty twelve. Like your aunt, Aunt Helen, Van Don't. Helen. Was it Van Halen or was it Van Hagar? Uh, good question. Yeah. See, I'm looking through like a whole list on Wikipedia and like you can't argue the facts, oh, man. I don't recognize. Yeah, but if Justin Napalm was in Death char- came out with something. If Justin was in charge, exactly. That's what we would Well, that's be. more his, you know? I like Napalm Death. He's- Lionel Richie came out with something. That's more you right there. Come on. Back Lionel Richie with Tuskegee. Hello. It was country R&B pop. Oh, okay. no. He, you said country. Is it me you're looking for? That song's about like, a teacher doing inappropriate things that. with. Say Anything student. came out with something. Touch myself. Should you or do call her on the phone and I touch that's the one. Should you do the outro playing that thirty second thing again? Oh uh, whatever. This was a great Fuck ep- it. You this thought a- we forgot. But no, yeah. Let's see if the Mayans fucked up the good on the twos. What do we have this year so far? Nothing. Nothing? Nothing that I like anyway. Not a goddamn thing. Probably one direction. Uh who, excuse me? Oh, I mean, uh, uh what's it? Kendrick Lamar, I guess, just dropped something. RuPaul just dropped something. 
The weekend. <laughs> RuPaul's dropped a lot of things in his life. I will say this. I do like the weekend stuff. I don't mind the weekend. It's very mellow. His stuff. Uh, Hikaru Utada just dropped something. I used to love all of her music back in like the Final Fantasy days. Like what Final Fantasy days are you talking? Like seven, eight, nine. Like she did a lot okay, of that. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. You're gonna say the back in the Final Fantasy days. You Billy know, like Talent is still doing things. Billy Talent is gonna be at Riot Fest this year, nice. and I am so fucking thrilled. I liked I liked him live. Riot Fest. They they released the Riot Fest lineup, and we already had our tickets, so I'm not terribly upset with the lineup, but. It's not super, super fantastic, but... Corn dropped Requiem. Requiem? Yeah. Is that when they teamed up with Skrillex? Do they team up with Skrillex? I thought so. I know Jonathan Davis had, like, his own, like, dubstep thing where he won under J-Devil, but I think <sighs> I thought they Skrillex teamed did. up with Skrillex. I, I could be wrong. Yeah, I like Corn. I like their older stuff. You usually are. Not a fan of, like, their newer stuff. Mary J. Blige... Drop something. I did security oh, for her one time. That's the wrong person. I was gonna be like, I try the nope, nope. <laughs> Macy Gray. Macy that's... Gray. All right. Yeah. What do All you right. What do you got for your top? I kind of want to talk about like a little. Uh, let me stretch this out. I don't want you guys to cheapen it. So. Uh, uh, All right. Do my stretches. One Why time. would we ever cheapen your topic? <sighs> because how, look, how many topics of yours have we ever cheapened? I bring. I dropped the mallet. I dropped the paperwork. I don't know. You just cheapened it yourself. What's your take on James Cameron? I like James Cameron. Yeah. My favorite James Cameron movie, I think it's James Cameron. I'm going to look it up before I finish the sentence. Oh, you're a big fan. <laughs> what about you, good sir? Um, I used to dislike him. Because he's so good and he made your, it, put your shit to shame. Yeah, no. This is before I got into filmmaking. But once I got into filmmaking, I respected the guy. I never wanted to see Avatar because I thought it was stupid. But I did watch it for the first time within the last couple of years. And I'm like, all right, that shit was actually it's pretty just good. Fern Goalie or Pocahontas. Yeah. But my favorite. They also have Avatar 2, 3, 4, and I think 5. There's like every two years for until 2028 is going to be another Avatar movie. I don't know how. Yeah. Huh? But he's ripping off the actual Avatar, the, the cartoon, the good one. I mean, I liked Avatar the movie, but Avatar the TV show, The Last Airbender. And then he's like. It. The next one is like something return to water or something like that. It's like you're so using the themes of well, the regardless, show. I think my favorite James Cameron film is Titanic. Titanic. All right. Yeah, he's done some amazing work. I loved Aliens, but I think that was strictly just for, for Bill Paxton. Geiger's work too. So James Cameron, he's a well known director with a lot of work under his belt. The Terminator. Yeah. A lot of his stuff is kind of like in the man versus technology vein. So probably due to his education majoring in physics, he's also like a son of an engineer. So some movies that fit his golden mold. So you got the Terminator, which is like an obvious man versus technology. Avatar is relatively the same <laughs> thing because they're using the avatars technically. Aliens, same thing, but more, I mean, you're using technology as a device to take on the aliens. How did Titanic, how is that man versus device? Yeah. Because the boat is a, the technical advances. How you have to try to survive as that. you're talking, so I know shit is coming out of your mouth. How, right how about Piranha 2? Piranha 2, same thing. Man versus technology. Alita? Had, the guy had in post-production. Do you guys remember Dark Angel, the TV series with Jessica Alba? That's when I fell in love yeah. with Jessica Alba. It was before the Who hasn't dance. fell in love with Jessica Alba? Hey, are you I my Jessica Alba? I know Jessica. I don't know. IMDb Jessica. It Alba. works better. It works better with the Janet. That was another Eddie Griffith. What about oh. True Lies? Oh yeah, he did do that. There was really? technical 
technology was introduced into that. He had to fake his own death, drop some bodies. Hoo-ah! So, um, Hoo-ah! so the Terminator is probably one of his biggest, and there's been six movies with the Terminator. I can't name them all, but like the first two, <laughs> Terminator <laughs> One, Terminator two, two, Terminator Three, Terminator Four. Easy. Good job. <laughs> Rise of the Like. Uh-huh. He did the Terminator. He did Judgment Day. He did. I want to. I want to talk more about just Terminator. Did those two? Yeah, he just did Terminator and Terminator Two: Judgment Day. He wrote those or directed those two. What's your guys' take on he like wrote, the Terminator series? I did I, you like them? I think it got played out after the third one a little bit. Yeah, but I thought they were an amazing concept. I think the first one was really dark. I think it was a little darker than they intended it to be. But Terminator Two is a classic. Oh yeah, like you can skip the first one. Yeah. And just watch the second one, and it's it so stands by itself. Phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, have, like the the first one does have some things that fills you in, but the second one, like it's a standalone movie for absolutely. sure. Absolutely, and that's kind of the pinnacle that a lot of people should strive for when they're making movies. It's like like Terminator Two and Jurassic Park and all that. It's like I revert back to like things like that. I'm like, you had awesome CGI in Jurassic Park. How come you can't make that with the amount of money, the budget you have now, and the technology advances, equipment, all that. But yeah, same with Terminator. Yeah, yeah, Terminator Two was great. The concept of Terminator Two was great as well. Yeah, it started as a 1984 science fiction action film directed by James Cameron. Part of it was inspired by John Carpenter's Halloween, but I guess most of it was inspired elsewhere. That that was one of the facts that I was like, huh? I mean, because I could see like the tall, brooding, like the figure, how he's just like so stiff, but they're using more technology, making him a robot. So Arnold Schwarzenegger, who played the Cyberdyne Systems Model 101 Series 800 and the first to come back from your 2029 to 1984 and kill Sarah Connor, and then again reprogrammed in the second to protect John Connor, Sarah's son, and then so on, six films in, in the series there. So I guess the Model 101 is like the skin and the Series 800 is like the robot. So that's how they use that because there was like another actor who played like the, in, in the first one, I guess that was a different model. Yeah. So... The year 2029, it obviously doesn't have the capabilities to zero in on certain people, which I find kind of weird. So, therefore, the T-800 goes and kills Sarah Connor from the phone book directory. Like, there's a few things in this. I want to draw parallels with Terminator. All right? So, roll with me. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Strap in. You guys might notice that there are some handlebars on on your desk. So, if you feel things are getting a little bumpy, just grab onto the handlebar. I installed those just for you. So that means they're going to fall off the second we touch them. <laughs> what the fuck is that supposed to mean? <laughs> that screw just fell out. I feel out. like you are undermining my... Ping, ping, ping. My capabilities No, we're done here. talking about Justin. <laughs> <laughs> I, thank you. I was hoping that I set somebody up. Uh, so in the first one, John Reese, these are a few of the things that kind of like fell apart with the movie itself. John Reese, he went back in time to try to save a person he fell in love with. I guess he we went to try to protect her. I say mentally unstable because like... He fell in love with her because of a picture. Man, this guy. I do that all the time with uh, my Playboys. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> so what other Sears things... catalog is amazing. <laughs> what other things did, uh, did James Cameron direct? You said Titanic. Let's go there. Okay. Okay. So it's, Titanic. What is Titanic? 60 years. <laughs> <laughs> Titanic... It's an epic disaster film written and produced by James Cameron. Uh, it's starring the young... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Written by James Cameron? <laughs> sure. I think he had some help. He's old. <laughs> yeah. he, he did some of it. 
So it stars the young Leonardo DiCaprio and the lovely Kate Winslet and other names like Bill Paxton, Kathy Bates, and Billy Zane. It's a love story underneath the tragic sinking of the Titanic. Some ship. Yeah. Can't think of its name right now. What is that boat's name? The unsinkable. <laughs> you know oh, that the one that was unsinkable Molly Ti- Brown. I you know think. that one that was in the Titanic. I just can't <laughs> think of it. So I have a theory here, and I think the Terminator and the Titanic are in the same universe. I think. Okay. I didn't think. Okay. Why would you not think that? I, I feel I mean, like it's both all right Earth. there. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right there. So check it out. So Jack Dawson. Jack Dawson. The main in in Titanic. So he couldn't have existed in that area of the Titanic. The Titanic sunk on the 15th of April, 1912. I think Jack Dawson is a time traveler. And do you want to know why? <laughs> do the blank looks on her face not say that? I've <laughs> like, never wanted to re- know something more back, in my life. Reverting back. Like, how? How is he a time traveler? Like, is there anything that kind of gives it away? Like, it's all going to make sense. So, like, I, there's so many jokes I want to make, but my brain is so enthralled, I don't want to. All right, so the first reveal, as a kid, he grew up ice fishing by Lake Wasoda near Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. How could he do that? Because Lake Wasoda is a man-made lake. Titanic sunk in 1912. Lake Wasoda was made five years later in 1917. How could he have gone ice fishing as a kid if there was no lake there? They might have He did it in the future. It. He did it in the future. He did it in the future! Got us Excuse there. me. Got us there. Another hard telling was the plans on Santa Monica Pier. What did he want to do on Santa Monica Pier? Two chicks at the same time. <laughs> I'll tell you up here. I'll tell you up here. <laughs> no, he told Rose. He's like, I want to ride the roller coaster until we threw up. Upon his journey on the Titanic towards America... There were no roller coasters on the Santa Monica Pier. The Santa Monica Pier had their roller coasters four years later in 1916. How? How could he ride the roller coaster that he claimed that, like, you know, he might have rode before? Did you not take into account that Jack might have been clairvoyant? He's a time traveler. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Well, how did he not know he was going to die then? Look at his fashion sense, too. Look at his hair. He had newer threads. For a poor traveler... His hairstyle was unique in that he hadn't hit the waves like at that time. The the style that the, that that lush comb aside. I across. so like you demonstrating lush hair. Thank yeah, you. it's fucking fantastic. <laughs> His yeah. eyes rolling. Excuse the pun with hitting the waves there, but like it was a little bit more. Look at Terminator Two. Look at John Connor. Pretty much the same exact hair. I think Jack Dawson and John Connor are related. So you think you think Kate Winslet. Sarah Connor. I was, think was two time in. I think Sarah Connor is a descendant of of Rose Dawson or Rose whatever her name is, Dewitt, whatever. Rose Dewitt Bucator. Yeah, that's the one. So you left out the biggest telltale sign. Oh, okay. I thought you were done. I thought you were wrapping. What did you want to say? You left out the biggest telltale sign that Jack Dawson was a time traveler. How well do you guys know the movie? Which one? Titanic. Well. Uh probably not as good as you. What so were you going to say? You you know the part where he gets invited to dinner uh-huh. and Kathy Bates gives him her son's suit and stuff like that. And when he finally meets up with Rose by the clock, he kisses her hand. And what does he say to her? He says, I saw that on Nickelodeon once and always wanted to do that. Nickelodeon didn't come out until 1970 something. So how the fuck did he know what Nickelodeon was? Oh, yeah. 
I totally forgot about that one. Okay. It's, well, Can, it's it, Nickelodeons were what they called plays back in the day, so it was a joke. So, ha, 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 ha. Stupid. I'm stupid. Fucking idiot. You're not oh, stupid. Man. No, he this is. This is just blowing, blowing my goddamn mind. <laughs> so, all right, look at his Swiss Army bag. So he had a Swiss Army bag, which was made in 1939, which is more than 25 years after the Titanic sink. How did he have a 1939 model Swiss Army bag if he wasn't a time Why traveler? would he go back to die? Because he needed to save. I'm going to get to that. So so let's go. Did he have a dop? Was it a, you know what was I it think? a clone? Okay. When I was talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger. Would he send he his a, clone back to fuck Kate Winslet? They didn't have that. Kind of. Ish. Ish. Let's just say ish. Did he send a Terminator kind back of like, to fuck? Was she that bad what? in bed well, I mean, that what? he had to send back a, a Terminator like, to let's fuck try this Kate again. Winslet? Let's, let's, let, let's let Justin build us up only to let us down. <laughs> let's see where he's this going. This isn't like this. having so, sex with me. <laughs> so like in the first movie where he had to go back in time, uh, in Terminator, where they had to go back in time. like. Thank you for clarifying which movie you, yeah. <laughs> you were talking so about. So he had to use the phone book to track where Sarah Connor was. But the necklace was a tracking beacon. And so he was only able to get so far. So, yeah. You think so? So that's why he had to drown to so, go down and get the beacon. He actually was alive. Yeah, they, so they zoomed him out from Here's the a little bit more to make this movie a little bit more on like parallel or seem to be in like the same universe. They're pretty okay. much the same movie. Aside from being directed by the same men, they both star a young central character in an epic adventure of their life. They meet someone who ends up helping them out. One of them keeps the rocks off of them. The other gets their rocks off with them. Some guy with a slick back hair is giving chase, trying to kill him. At the very end, a favorite character ends up sinking. Liquid metal is the cause of many murders in Terminator. Liquid and metal is also the cause of many deaths in Titanic. Hey, hey can I, I just stop real quick? No. Before you put in the death thing, you described every single fucking movie that's ever been made. Not really. There was an adventure. Tune back, tune back to The Protector from two weeks ago. It's a totally different movie. So Kyle Reese and Sarah Connor, they sort of like mirror Jack and Rose. Like both Kyle and Jack die and Sarah and Rose live. How? Okay. Yeah. And you can't forget the famous sinking scene of Leo's character in Titanic where he... <laughs> yeah, yeah. He did his thumb up. <laughs> Except it was so, like this. <laughs> Bitch, there's plenty of room for us on that She door. ran around a sinking ship with Jack trying to retreat to safety. His whole shtick, without actually saying it, was, come with me if you want to live. That was it. That was it. That's his whole shtick. I need you close your boots so, and your motorcycle. It's a hard sell because even Jack never boarded the boat. Rose's pampered ass would surely have been on the boat with, uh, what's his name, Calden Hockley. Billy Zane. Yeah. He would have been sitting bitch with her sailing out. So here's something that doesn't make sense also because it kind of like interrupts the time loop uh, of certain things. So Rose, she was boarded the boat with some famous paintings. There was like a Picasso and a Monet, but they were never actually on the, on the Titanic because they would have been damaged and whatnot. But these known paintings are elsewhere in museums. So either it interrupted the time loop continuum or however you want to say that. Great, Scott. I know. So this is also... In the universe, that, no, I'm not going to go there. All right, so you remember when Jack makes Rose promise that she will live? Yes. It's like, you're going to, you know, live and die, whatever. Uh, so not live. <laughs> and in Terminator, Sarah, she promised that she will keep living. It's sort of like the family promise. So the Buett 
Dockler, what do you say, Boker, Bobby, whatever. Rose Dewitt Bucater. Bucater. The Bucater. Bucater. Slash Connor, because she probably had a daughter who married him. Oh. So if Jack had let her commit suicide, this is what we're going to get to your point over here, Lonnie. So if Jack had let her commit suicide, that first initial, there was no incentive to not save her. He could have saved, going back to your twos, 2,222 people, which were on that boat. But Skynet has killed thousands more. Their lost lives are worth saving many more in the future. That technically makes Jack. I'm the king of the world! <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the Terminator dies in the fire, whereas Jack has to die in the water. There are two sides of the same coin. Symbolic, you know? Oh. So he's going down. He looks as though he's given that I- iconic thumbs up, like you guys were saying, like the series 800 does in the end. They say... There was never any information of Jack Dawson. He was a ghost or a time traveler. Like when they check the books afterwards, they're like, we don't know this fucker. He was never, he's, he doesn't exist. Because he skipped, because at the beginning <laughs> of the Because he was a stowaway. Because yeah. the beginning, they were late getting on the boat. But there was no information of him. Like, I mean, they're just like checking the, the, the stuff. They're saying like there was never any documents of a Jack Dawson person. Yeah, because he was homeless. Yeah, but there has to be something. No. Eventually. Because his mom didn't have him in a hospital. So I think Jack Dawson, he knew that she was going to die old and peacefully in her sleep because that's exactly how she died. So if he didn't have that information ahead of time, like how how would he have uh, guessed that? Because when she came back to the boat and they had like the whole interview and, you know, she did that whole oops and dropped the, the Skynet beacon necklace back into the water. Which I like my ending of that movie better on my YouTube channel. <laughs> Right, add the neutron dance. Titanic, Skynet. That's a reach. Try to. That's. This is going to drive the nail in the coffin. K. All right, Britney Spears. I'm already hating it. I don't know. I'm kind of hard. This is going to submit more here. So James Cameron, he had a Malibu house since 1992. Guess who moved right next door to him? Britney Spears. Britney Spears. Thank you. How did you know? Did you research this? I'm a clairvoyant. So Britney fucking Spears. She paid homage to the Titanic and revealed some some tight-lipped secrets in the music video with a tight-nipped spandex. Do you guys remember that part? We're at the very end. It's like, I thought the old lady threw it in the the Hit Me Baby One More Time. So I'm going to read to you a few of the lyrics. It says, I think I did it again. I made you believe we're more than just friends. Oh, baby, it might seem like a crush, but it doesn't mean that I'm serious. Translation. Even though the Titanic literally crushed into the iceberg, Jack Dawson wasn't actually in love. He needed to impregnate her to save mankind. She was merely his mission. That's pretty much all that says. We'll continue. Because to lose all my senses, that is just so typically me. Translation to that is, senses are lost when you become a cyborg. Naturally, senses become programmed sensors. This is from Britney Spears' lyrics. Did Jack Dawson impregnate Rose? Yeah, we, we would, one would think with the heated windows and the fingers on the glass. I just assume he they're, they're sh- sleeping and they sleep at their <laughs> sleep at their mouths open. That's why it's <laughs> <laughs> continues with uh, uh, Brady Spears. Oh, baby, baby. Oops. You think I'm in love that I'm sent from above. I'm not that innocent. Translation. Those are two completely different songs. No, it's the same thing. It's oops. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I don't know. So it sent from above, meaning above in the timeline. He's definitely not who he say he is. He's not that innocent. He's trying to pose as like this beggar, this traveler. 
So, continuing with Britney Spears, you see my problem is this, I'm dreaming away, wishing that heroes, they truly exist, I cry watching the days, can't you see I'm a fool in so many ways? Translation! His dreams of a better world are far more important than this boat ride, especially knowing he has to sacrifice himself. So the heroes that truly exist is trying to say that the robots are real, and some of them will fight for the betterment of man. The part I cry watching the days is that, that knowing that his days are numbered, is that he is a fool in so many ways because he has to lie about everything. That's what that means. She gave these secrets just like that. So all aboard, you know, when it says like the drop it in the ocean at the end. And I went down there and got it for you, baby. Or something like that. So that that's it. That's what that she just revealed the whole thing. His James Cameron's neighbor, Britney Spears, connected all that with pretty much a rundown of the lyrics. Direct translations. Now. We're going to move in to connect how Avatar is connected to Transformers. And that was episode 20 and 21 <laughs> yeah. of the Balanced Podcast movie review. Whatever. Oh, my God. That would be a long time. <laughs> Justin, I say this with all sincerity. It took you 40 episodes to get a really good topic. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> God, so I would like to live inside your brain for a day. It was rough. You know, when I, when I said it's something like I couldn't connect it until like the last day or so. Or like two days ago or so. Yeah, you said you weren't happy with it, and then all yeah. of a sudden it clicked. I'm like, fuck. Britney Spears ties this all together because she did live directly across from him. That's what tied it together? Yep. Like all that shit and Britney Spears. You think Britney <laughs> Spears is crazy? Ooh, she is on to some stuff. Man. I'm going to go back through her catalog and translate a lot of the, the other stuff. I'm pretty sure there's more direct connections elsewhere. We have... Oh, yeah. <laughs> you both snapped your head over. I'm sorry. That's funny. We have a few episodes, I guess. We can go through her entire catalog. That's awesome. Yeah. Yay. Well, speaking of Britney Spears, it's that time of the year where we we lay back. We regurgitate some of our songs we love to you guys. And so let's do it, fellas. Let's uh, okay. let's all suggest a song for the for our meager fans to check out. Yes. And we can do that right after the break. ML Image specializes in boudoir, ink, pinup, glamour, and even nude since 2005. ML Image celebrates and highlights the female form in the most vibrant, eloquent, and sultry of portraits. ML Image is an Omaha-based photographer. You can see his work at mlimage.com. Be warned, it is not safe for work. If you are a model looking to expand your portfolio, inquiries can be made through mlimage.com or mlimage on Instagram. Consider becoming a patron for more exclusive and titillating content. You won't be disappointed. MLImage, where image is everything. everything. Alright, so... Let's bust into these songs. I'll go ahead and start. My song tonight is special for two reasons. Well, three, really. One, it's my favorite band. Two, this is one of the first songs I learned to play on guitar. Just an overall epic song. Something that lyrically, it was one of Davey Havoc's greatest songs, I think. And two, when we're recording this podcast, today's the 23rd anniversary of Black Sails. Nice. So it's cool on that as well. My song I'm choosing this week is God Called In Sick Today from AFI. So enjoy. 
All right, cats and kittens. That was God Called In Sick Today by AFI. I have fucking goosebumps. I love that song. Same here. I love that band so much. I've been about due to hear this song again. This is one of the... This album... I mean, I got in on the... um, Sing the Sorrow. I got in on Sing the Sorrow, and then I had to go back. No, and, Very Proud of You was after this, and then Sing the Sorrow. Was it? I thought it was before this. No, I think uh, Very Proud of You was after this one. No matter. Because I was so far into, like, Sing the Sorrow, and then December Underground and all that, which, I mean, they, they changed up their sound entirely. They kind of continued to reinvent themselves and also revert back to what fans loved and trust. It's like, they can always be who they used to be, and they tend to shine that here and there. This song in particular... I freaking loved it. It took me many listens because, like, getting into, like, the screaming part of, you know, Davey Havoc's, like, there, there's a, a lyric that I feel like shouldn't go in the chorus. Like, I can still feel my laughter as she cries. It's beautiful. Like, this is a very poetic song. Just going by, like, the lyrics itself, I'm like, I love the way that Davey writes. Like, he has that Shakespearean prose. Like, a lot of my favorite writers, like Billy Corgan, even Dead Z and Maynard James Keenan, like, yeah. the way that they use certain words, yeah. yeah. It's poetry. I love it. And I was right that it was the art of drowning was uh, after yes, this. Yes, yes, that was... <laughs> I'm very proud of you it was 96 i don't know why i knew there was an album after this but my brain fucking went into oh no no no, no. it's it's definitely very proud of you you know their second album that stay fashionable the first is stay fashionable first, yeah. but they were recorded at the same time so it's understandable gotcha. jeremy from someone who's not really an afi fan or not really knowledgeable what do you think well, I was going to say, I feel like I have so much I want to say about this song. I've never heard it after I started playing. To me, it hit me more instrumentally, lyric-wise. If I'm being honest, if the words were not on the screen, I probably wouldn't yeah. have understood that was my first what he was saying. Right. Intro into um, like a lot of their earlier work is like you can't really understand it. Like I love his voice, and I think it does have a... He has It'll very, grow on you. He has a very unique voice, but yeah. you're definitely, when you're listening to Davey Havoc, you're listening to Davey yeah. Havoc. You're not a, really grooving to Davey Havoc, or you're not just like, it's not something you put in the background. Like, you have to be wanting to listen to Davey Havoc. But the thing with this song, too, and sorry to jump on your boat, but musically, like you were saying, this song is beautiful. Like, mm-hmm. especially Hunter's bass lines. Like, if you really listen into Hunter's bass lines, he's walking all over the fucking place which he's a phenomenal bassist, but you really don't get to hear that in a lot of songs. It has like a hard, because I'm still like the the whole Shakespearean style, like for punk rock, you know, punky rock type of stuff, it it lingers like a a classical, like this can definitely be stage performance, like Mm -hmm. uh, a theater performance, I should say. Well, what this, like I said, musically, it kind of took me back to a time. I was sitting here and I was like, wow, like all these memories started flashing back because i would say it was probably around 98 99 2000 in that time frame i got introduced to 89 7 the river well this came out in 99 so. yeah so 89 7 the river back when it played good music i thought i it, don't think they do it nowadays. did that once yeah it reminds me because my old two older sisters they listen to music like this yeah and i had asked them what they listened to and they said 89 7 the river so it's like I didn't even know that radio station existed. I was always in 92.3 or 104.5. I didn't know 89.7 was on there. So I was proud of it because 
it was in my room. I worked at Funplex one summer and I saved up my whole summer's paycheck to buy this 400 disc CD changer, the amplifier for it, these nice ass speakers for it. So I had a kick ass sound system in my room. And I'm one of those people I've always had to have like some kind of white noise on. I turned on 89.7 The River at night on just a, a very low, and it could have been this song that played too at one point, but it took me back to those days when I was introduced to this kind of music. And I mean, it, it, it was a really, it, like I was just sitting in this chair and I'm like, wow, that's like really cool. Yeah. Like that, that brought back some some good memories. So, And the thing with AFI is too, <laughs> every single album with maybe exception of the first two with Answer That and Stay Fashionable and Very Proud of You, every album you're getting something different. Like there'll be remnants of familiarity, but every album is different. And that's one of the unique things about AFI that I love is, yes, they'll take time between albums. That's usually three to four year wait between albums. But the next album you get, you don't know what you're going to get. And it's usually, it's always fantastic. It's always an adventure. There's been some big leaps that AFI fans haven't been super excited about. I think it just depends on when you get on the bandwagon. Right, yeah. Did you get on when Davey had a devil lock or long hair, long hair. or the Davey flop? or I prefer the, the fishnet long hair style. Like, that was my favorite look of his. I remember I remember Davey with slick back blonde hair and hardly Heading. any tattoos. Like, that's when I got into Davey. Like, right. I got into Davey in, like, 94, 95. And I, I've watched him grow since, so... I love, it's just, it's my band. It'll always be my band, I think regardless I mean, what they release. I've liked AFI through Bodies, and if you guys have ever listened to the Bodies album, you know the trash that the Bodies album was, so. I, I think I made a, made a mention of this at one time before, is like, I wanted to at one point conduct a play that's all around AFI music, and this being one of the songs, like, I feel like there's a lot of themes in a lot of the music and because of how beautifully written it is, like it pretty much writes itself. Yeah. It's like making a stage production with something like this. Like I was attached to a theater group called Etherplow, which we had build things from ground up as far as like the plays, the, the writing. Like I always hate it when plays are theater, you know, they would just grab a piece of work and then work it. It's like, mm, do something original. Yeah. Have some All of those art stuff we did were like just mind fucked type of. And I feel like this is something that can definitely fit the, the mold. But Yeah. <laughs> I'm probably top two, maybe three songs. This one in my AFI favorites. God called in sick today. Yeah, I knew I wanted to play an AFI song today, but man, this was the hardest week choosing. I'm like, oh, do I pick this one? Do I pick something from the new album that my people might know? No, let's pick an old song, but what fucking old song do I pick? Okay, let's pick a B track that people might not know. Oh, let's go back and we'll play mini truck suck it's got to be mini truck suck people but the recording of mini truck suck is so bad because it was recorded in the early 90s in a garage but we settled on this one jeremy what do you got so yeah we are going to go from your beautiful song to my song so my song is not anything to do with like meaning or anything the song doesn't touch an emotional spot in my heart or anything like that um it's just a song that I recently heard that I just find very interesting. Do you want to dedicate it to somebody? Ah, Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> so I will say this about the song. I do like the beat of it. It's catchy. I've been singing and I've been trying to hold back me. Like 
when we just broke to go to the bathroom, I was like starting to sing it. I'm like, nah, I don't want to sing it because then Lonnie, if he, because you, you might have heard this, Justin said he has heard it, but we're going to be watching the this music is, video for it as well. This is kind of like a, a guilty pleasure. Like the person gets a lot of flack and I like the person. I like what he's doing because of we have the same inspiration. Yeah, I, I like so. I like what he's doing. We'll get more into that after the song. But what we are going to listen to is a song that was in the last couple of years. I don't know the exact year of it, but it's by a actor named Corey Feldman. And this song is called Comeback King. It's not Corey Feldman and the Angels, but just Corey Feldman. <laughs> so here we go. So enjoy, Lonnie. Him the whole time. So that was Corey Feldman's comeback king. Now, before I even say anything, Lonnie, that was your first time hearing and seeing that? Took in that magical. Yes, sir. All right. I want to hear your thoughts first. Oh, my thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still trying to work it back down. (laughs) Come on. Come on. trying to think of things to say that are appropriate. I think the best parts of Corey Feldman died when Corey Ham died. <laughs> yeah. Like I think that I think the sanity part of him died. <laughs> and I I think everything else was replaced with what Michael Jackson left in him. <laughs> How do you mean that? <laughs> Very literally. <laughs> That's fucked up. So so here's what I'm going to say on this to to listeners you can't just listen to this song. You have to watch the video, the music video that no, was made I, for it. I highly disagree. <laughs> <laughs> this song is enough. The, well, the video is not I well. I actually highly disagree with that statement <laughs> and say you should probably only listen to the song. Yeah, the video is not well at all. <laughs> That's what makes it humorous. Yeah, but there was- it's funny because it's, it's sad because I don't know if Corey Feldman really he, thinks that he uh, did something amazing <laughs> there if he really thinks he's Michael Jackson because if you watch he's trying to very hard be Michael Jackson very hard very hard the thing and- is is I I will give Corey Feldman and Macaulay Hogan leeway I will say they are the only people who can try to imitate and, and Corey Feldman has pretty much done that trying is one thing but thinking you're succeeding yeah. at it by- he's pretty much invested his form of Michael Jackson in Films like uh, Dream a Little Dream and see that and yeah. that's that's what kind of uh, not hurting me but I love Dream a Little Dream it's Same. one of my favorite movies and he pretty much plays Michael Jackson through that whole entire fucking movie yeah. so seeing this it kind of gives me that nostalgia vibe I'm like he's trying it at the age of sixty yeah and that's <laughs> another thing like like said I, I will give him leeway for trying to imitate Michael Jackson it's like that is his biggest inspiration like. Michael Jackson was his best friend. And then, yeah. <laughs> but this is, <laughs> the other thing is he's very cocky to release a song called Comeback King. When What's he coming did back you, from? Did you really come back? <laughs> I he didn't. I, 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 to say you're the comeback king. And then when he's got that other guy. That, Flip that around. That is king back come. <laughs> okay. Uh. <laughs> but... <laughs> Oh I don't God. think anything was wasted on the He's back. He's talking about being the, com- the comeback king, but in the video, 
the guy that's singing backup is putting the crown on. I'm just like, wait, wait a minute. He's, yeah. he's the king here. The but. video does come off as like a high school project. Yes. And it seems like he's just like singing in his walk-in closet. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, though, there is two scenes in it. One of the scene was when the guy was trying to throw the trash away. And the other kid just <laughs> like, holds it apart. And, and that like, pissed him off so much. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the guy, oh, what the fuck does that happen? And the other guy gave him the look that was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, that was his big angry. He's like, huh? Uh, and the, the other thing, I was so glad to see that uh, Corey Feldman had the same makeup that uh, Michael Jackson did in the thriller video. <laughs> like, I know. I'm wearing my distance contacts and I can't really see that great up close. But so many times I'm like, who's he fucking look like? And then it clicked. I'm like, oh, Michael Jackson in Thriller. How did that not? So So he had like the beaded, you know, like look with the jacket, a little bit of like the uh, smooth criminal with like the whole black and white. Or I guess you can also say uh, Billie Jean. Billie Jean. Yeah. Ish. But I mean, the sound itself has like eras of uh, blood on the dance floor, maybe even part of like dangerous album. Like, because those were some of the harder hitters. Well, it's just like, even like his oh, voice. Come back, yeah, come back. His voice where he's like, the, oh, the, oh, the, oh. it's like he's trying <laughs> trying to be Michael Jackson. But he's always done that. Now, like, I, I will say this, though. That song, I like the song. The the, the beat the of beat it is, is good. catchy. Yeah. Like you, it, it, The song's long. It's at the end, he goes through the chorus like five times in a row. It's like, you probably could cut that down a little bit. But it's. It's, it could be mastered better, for sure. Like, there's parts where he's trying to come in hard, but, like, because of the previous portion of the song, doesn't, like, fade out or whatever. No. The hardness doesn't come in well. It's just, like, it, it looks like he just layered it right over it. Well, I'm going to tell you this, Lonnie, before we move on to Justin's song. Okay. It might pain you, but you need to go on YouTube when you're home sometime. Type in Corey Feldman's Comeback King Live. Oh no! There is one where he's at like a probably it looks like a old ranch bowl type thing like that doing the song live, Aww. and he tries to be very hard in it. He even tries to when the guy comes out and starts singing. He he's trying to you know how at the end of the sentence he like repeats what the guy says with him yeah. like in rap songs. He tries and he's off doing that. And then there's also one where they're on <laughs> they're on like. The, the morning show, like, I, I, but he's... Oh, like he's, Good Morning America? Yes. I, I think I remember and watching And he does that. that song, and it's bad. So, all right. Anyways, Justin, let's move on to yours. <laughs> <laughs> like Lonnie, I kind of had to pick my favorite singer as well. So, this is from Corey, the... Corey Feldman again? Yes. Oh, my God. This is from I the Dillinger... Would, I thought you would never, never play Alan Jackson on this podcast. It's Travis, Travis Montgomery, Travis Trent. No, uh, so this is Dillinger Escape Plan, where ah, the nice. Mike Patton did the vocals for this album. So it was really hard. I, I kind of wanted. I've been staving it off. Both of you guys have gotten both of your favorites in at one point or the other. We listened to your other two favorites. We've listened to uh, no Mike Patton though. We've listened to Mike Patton. No, we haven't. Yeah, we have. No, not on any of their music reviews. Are you sure? I'm positive. Okay. I've staved off. We've definitely listened to Billy Corgan. We Qu- listened to that like nine bickering. minutes. We listened to that like nine minutes. Oh, yes, Billy we, Corgan. we did. Yes, yeah, we did. See? Yeah. You're right. I you're know right. Shit. You're right. Uh-huh. All right. So this is Dillinger Escape Plan featuring Mike Patton. When good dogs do bad things. Oh, yeah. I'm the best you'll ever 
And that is the Dillinger Escape Plan featuring Mike Patton when good dogs do bad things. So are you, uh, Dillinger is your favorite band or is it no, Mike, Mike Patton? Mike Patton is my favorite singer. Okay. Do He's you have more been- commonly known from Faith No More and I was going to do Peeping Tom, Tomahawk, something like that. But Do you have any relationship with Dillinger? Not so much. I mean, I like some of their stuff, but okay. uh, I don't. I was going to say, I feel like Dillinger isn't high, high on your list. Not so much, although okay. I haven't delved too much into their discography. But I, I what li- I have heard, I, I do like. I was going to say, I like Dillinger a lot. I've seen them quite a few times before. And when you said Dillinger, I was like, huh, okay. Didn't expect that. Yeah, this is more of a project piece. Uh, this is something that Mike Patton did four songs on a full Dillinger Escape Plan album. So the actual lead singer is not on this. So they just use yeah. the band and Mike Patton. So this was a creative, I, re- I really like this album because it there is some thought-provoking stuff in some of the other songs. This one right here is kind of more chaos. Yeah. You get to see the range of his vocal tones. Like he has the one of the biggest ranges in, in especially uh, rock, metal, right. whatever. Like he, I believe he seven octaves or so. That's insane. Which is more than a regular, most singers only get like three, four octaves. But going from like the low growls to the, you know, right. like that's something I was always impressed with. Some of the, the, the creepy undertones, especially when it gets into the second half of this. I, I liked that, you know, where he, he can kind of go like more baritone and then the, you know, like yeah. amazing. The song itself is very fast. It's really hard. It's it's very, very speed metal. Yeah. But I mean, like it has a range of that. Like there is that speed to it. And I, the last part, I love how they did that. Like with Mr. Bungle, they did that quite a bit where they, yeah. they fuck off a song. Like they'll start to close it and then bring it back. And <laughs> well, that's a Dillinger yeah. thing too. And, and they had a lot of the Dillinger elements in that where they would, they'd be going heavy hard and then drop out and then right. come back in. Like, well, it is still Dillinger. They, so. they build a lot of suspense with those dropouts and with key and tempo changes. They're a very mathematical band right. where they, they aren't your typical four, two, four, two, four, two, where they'll, they'll play off key. They'll be like four, two, four, two, three, two, four, two, four, two, five, two. Kind of more typical with extra. like tool and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. like math core. Yeah. So it's really interesting. And he, he has such a beautiful voice where you could hit those ranges, which you generally don't hear in, in this hard of a metal, which is really enjoyable. And his lyrical content wasn't all about death and decay, which is what you generally hear. Or My dad hates me in newer metal. So yeah, it has a, a sense of fuckery to it that I think is right. kind of like I... I love squirrely music, and he definitely goes squirrely with this. Okay. And then, like, he can bring it back. Like, I, I mainly wanted to introduce the... Like, this is not one of my favorite songs, but it has one of the biggest ranges with uh, what Mike Patton can do as far as skill-wise. All right, Simon Cowell, what do you think of it? <laughs> I, not my cup of tea. <laughs> uh, it, the best way I can describe that song is 
when you're hitting the fast forward <laughs> on your remote control and it's like, <laughs> like you had the words up on the screen. I'm like, what? <laughs> I, that's not what he just screamed. Uh, it's just not my type of thing. I think the, the closest thing that I listen to that that sounds like is Deftones. Um, and but couple, I, couple clicks up on the but, on the. But I could actually, I, I can understand Deftones and I like their beats a little bit better. But yeah, this is not my cup of tea. I, I'm not a fan of the screaming type stuff. I mean, if it's done correctly and fits the song, yes. I guess this does fit the song because it sounds like that. They're just hitting every, like the drummer just like, like hitting everything as loud as they can, as fast as they can. But far be it for me to poop on something that inspires you and you like. I'm just going to say I agree. it's, this is it's not, not my cup of tea. This style is not my cup of tea, but because Mike Patton is attached to it, I have to suck its dick. So, right. Well, I mean, Rob, is... Rob Zombie is attached to the Munsters and I'm going to see it, but I think it's going to be shit. This is what I grew up on. This and, and punk rock and hardcore, these were my my genre of choice this farm kid this is what i had blaring from the tractor yeah i had to use this to contrast your guys's stuff like i had you guys off air to select the one that i wanted to do or one of the ones that i wanted to do that also kind of had a little bit of a range and this is what i picked yeah (laughs) but i mean eh, save it for another time fuck (laughs) well that's our songs take it over jeremy all right i guess this this is like the third time where my topic's the main topic you guys well, we always suck. We always I'm think just... you have the long one, and then Justin starts talking. <laughs> yeah. Well, this one I, I don't, don't know think, how to take. I that. don't think this one's going to be t- too long. Uh, but no, so this is coming out on what day? June something or another? Yep. So we're in right now. We're not in June, but when this comes out and you're listening to this, it will be a- after June. But we're to the season where more and more like carnival fairs and stuff are going to start popping up, which means that more and more people are going to go on rides and more and more people are going to start going to the amusement parks like the the big ones disney world and universal studios and you know you might go to some of the bigger ones like how we have adventureland in des moines iowa and worlds of fun but i wanted to talk about today a lot of it seems like lately there's a lot more amusement park ride accidents slash deaths that are occurring so we're, we're not going to go through every single one that's happened over the years, but we're going to pick a few and talk about them. But before that, I want to read this thing that the United States Consumer Product Safety Commission said that in 2019 alone, there were 1,299 injuries from amusement park ride accidents. The reason it's 2019 is because 2020 and 2021 were kind of off years because of COVID and some parks didn't open. A lot of fairs didn't happen. A lot of people didn't want to travel to amusement parks. Now that we're back in 2022 and things are somewhat back to normal, it'll get back up. But 2019 was what they had. But, uh, That is 3.7 injuries per 1 million visitors, which doesn't seem like a lot of accidents to happen, but there is also an estimated 4.5 amusement ride fatalities a year. I don't understand why, how that could be 4.5, but somebody can be injured and died afterwards. Possibly 32 dismemberment. Do they count that as a death? Could be the upper half lived, the lower half didn't. I don't know. Maybe they had five one year and seven the other year. So they had to. <laughs> Very well numbers. could be. So 32% of accidents are caused by a fall. Okay. And 18% are caused by hitting or being hit. So falling seems to be the more popular way to go. Um, That's how I want to go. 
by falling. Yeah, natural death, like falling off of a ride. <laughs> Nat- completely natural. Like, yeah, oh, if you go. fall off a ride like that, naturally you're going to die. So this is something else before I start reading specific ones, but Disney World and Disney Parks along with Universal Studios are said to be the safest amusement parks in the world with the least amount of injuries, deaths. But then the paragraph right under that, uh, it goes on to say that from 2006 to 2020, there has only been 22 deaths reported at Disney World amusement parks. And most of those were employees, I bet. Well, it says, with Disney World, they fudge their numbers. Well, that that to me because they like to they'll pull somebody off the property that way they can't count that as a death. Well, what they're saying that most of those twenty two deaths that took place in that what that wouldn't even be a twenty year span. That's a fourteen year span. It says most guests who passed away had a pre existing condition that led to them. Yeah, passing Disney's away. kind of fucked when it comes <laughs> and that's, to stuff. You like said that. Disney World, so yes. Orlando. Yeah. Yeah. I've been to that park once and it was in July and Did it you was, die? <laughs> I felt like I was gonna die. Gosh. Got another. Let's let's <laughs> I, I picked out four incidents that have happened within the last ten years. We're gonna do these in no particular order. Actually the one that I'm gonna save for last I'm going to say for last because... Do you got the one that, that's kind of close to here? Yes. That yes. one is probably the one that kind of that's, fucked me up the most. That's the one that I'm saving All right, for last. Okay, we'll, we'll wait it out then. I've got a fun amusement park story. Oh, yeah, I have. It's a carnival story, not an amusement park story, but... Okay, yeah, and I've sure, got... After yeah. we talk about these incidents, I'm going to talk about something like that too, but... So let's start with the most recent one that happened on March 24th, 2022, and this took place at the Icon Park in Orlando, Florida... And it was the ride, the Orlando Freefall. <laughs> oh, yeah. Seems safe. Yeah. Three months ago. So yeah. Tyree Sampson, who is a 14-year-old boy, died when he slipped between the gap between the harness and the seat as the ride plummeted to the ground at 75 miles per hour, Jeez. hitting the concrete at that speed. And it was a 430-foot so it kind of like propelled him downward. Oh, yeah, because so, yeah. it, it was when the ride came down and it was he starting kinda, to hit those brakes, right. he still went. went. Yeah. Now, it was said to Gross. be that he his seat was manually adjusted to fit him and deemed unsafe. Now, if you haven't heard about this or seen the pictures, it was a 14-year-old boy. He was a big one. But he was like 325 pounds. He was so he fell faster. Kid. And he had, he had gone to this park with a friend and his friend's family. And he wasn't able to ride a lot of the rides because of his weight. Well, this one, they somehow adjust it because there are sensors that are on the harnesses that you pull down. And his sensor was adjusted so he could ride it with the opening on his seat almost twice what it should have been. Now, there is somebody that this video, I don't know if it's still up. I've seen it. It's disgusting. But there is somebody down below video recording it on their phone the whole time now before they even ascend up for this 430 foot drop they're videoing their friend but you can see tyree in the uh background and his harness is so far up you see all the other ones and they're down his is so far up i don't understand how these ride operators granted they're probably high school kids or really young college kids thought this would be a good idea to let him go up but the video when he falls down you see him fall out of his seat and you don't see him hit the ground full force, but you hear it. Yeah. And then the camera goes down and you see him. And I mean, it's, it's gross. It's disturbing. Nobody there knows what to do again because the ride operators are younger and we'll get into that 
after I tell uh, some stories, but yeah, the maximum weight on that ride for a single rider should is only 287 pounds. And like I said, he was 325 pounds. It's ran by kids who don't give two fucks about it. They're making $7 an hour. That are drunk carnies. And- yeah. Well, I'll talk about this. So my very, very first job as a, and I would have been a ride operator tenth, at tenth grade. Yes. I was a ride operator at Funplex, which is, it's not a big amusement park, but they have some rides. They have go-karts and they have a few rides that go up and down and stuff like that. You want to know what my training was on safety and knowing what the rides did and how they operated was? Figured out? Zero. Well, you figured it out though. This Well, this <laughs> is my first day there. There's a ride called the spider, which it's that ride where it looks like an octopus or a spider where it's got the legs coming out. And it goes up and down and the seats spin. I was told during orientation that do not worry about this ride. This is a ride you will not be operating until you've worked here at least two years. My first day working there was operating. The first ride they put me on was that ride. And I was with somebody that was a veteran there. Well, that veteran, he's like, I'm going to go smoke. He was one of those type of workers. And I'm like, well, this is my first day. I don't know how to operate this. He's like, so you see these two levers, you do this one when that part's right there, when this one's there, then you pull this one and this and that. And I'm just like, were they drunk I, or other? He was hillbilly, uh, white <laughs> trash type thing. But he went off and had his cigarette, left me there for about 15, 20 minutes. I had, to, kids I had to figure out this ride myself because I had no radio to call. There was nobody else to be like, ah, so... I figured it out eventually. The people that were on the ride are probably like, what the fuck? Because I, you had to get the thing stopped in the right spot. And I kept overshooting it. So then I'd have to start it up and drop them again. And the people were like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> but that was the thing. There was no training. There was no. Did yeah. he get back before emergency ambulance and all that? Nobody got, back got hurt or died. They might have got a little woozy because of all the right. multiple times. But that just shows like they didn't care about that. And this was back in 2000. But when stuff was fun, dangerous. Yes. And I mean, but yeah, there was a lot of accidents that happened. Like a lady, it was her fault in the bumper boat. She unhooked her raft, which I was supposed to do. She was supposed to get in. I unhooked it, but she unhooked it, went to step on it and it went out. She cracked her back, fell in the water. I had to pull her out. We had to have an ambulance. Revive her. No, that (laughs) didn't have to do. Uh, A kid on the go-karts was going so fast. He hit the barrier at high speeds. And his momentum sent him so hard that it snapped. He snapped through the seatbelt and hit his chest on the steering wheel. He was like coughing up blood. And I was the first ride attendant there. Did he get a dumbass sticker? Yeah, it's, it was, but yeah, I mean, I had no idea what to do. And it's like, you would hope at these amusement parks where it's bigger rides, these people would give training, but you can tell just from that video that they had no training. They had no idea what the fuck to do. I don't think that they were told that the sensor needs to be a green light or whatever. And it's got to be closed or I don't know, but it most was an those, accident that should not have happened. Most of those can be operated just like press it. Like it can be time-based or so like right, most of yeah. the stuff can be done itself. Not many of them are like straight manual line it up. And like most people just press the button, walk around and yeah, check things. The thing is, is like, I remember when I was going to carnivals or events, September Fest was like one of the biggest ones here locally. Yeah. I remember. You know, they had like all the rides and 
There's like the Dia de los Muertos, or not, sorry, the Cinco de Mayo one. Dia de los Muertos? Not that wow, one. that's a, <laughs> pretty much the Cinco de Mayo, <laughs> the Cinco de Mayo one where they you go to that when you're meant to die on the ride. Dia de los Muertos. But, um, yeah, like like the zipper was one of my favorite ones. Oh, fuck and then they always tell you not to rock it and not try to try not to swing it, like let it do its own momentum. It's like you never know what's gonna happen. It's like I'm for, fourteen. Fuck year olds. Yeah. Like for us back in the day, like that was fucking fun. Like we wanted to test it. We wanted to see what it can do. Like, but the operator probably has a little bit more like they're hearing the crinks and cranks and all this that that the particular seat is making so they're telling you not to do something so it's like yeah you probably should listen to it and it's scary as a parent like sitting your kid with like a family like tyrese tyree tyree where uh you know they just let their kid go and then well their kid is never coming back home yeah. now right. oh so it's god like, it's scary as fuck well imagine the parents that took tyree there oh yeah like the, the responsibility guilt, yeah, and guilt. The guilt that they have to have, even though it wasn't even their fault, but it's just like, mm. Well, and the two things, when you first explained it, it was a case I've never seen before. I expected it to be like two, three seats and like good spread out. No, that thing was surrounded by seats. Yeah. The trauma that all the other people had to go through of, of being so close to it. And when you look at the seat, there was a, it looked like a good solid foot and a half more that that seat could have went down. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was, this could have been prevented. Easily. He should have never been told that he could ride that ride. And here's the thing too, as a former ride operator, I'm telling you right now, it is tough to tell somebody you're too big to ride a ride. Cause I had to do that several times working there. If that seatbelt didn't go around them, they weren't going in. We did have these things like seatbelt extenders, but there were some people that were so big that even with the extender, it still didn't do it. So you had to be like, I'm sorry, you're unfortunately you're too big to ride this ride. That crushes it crushes them and it crushes you because it's like they're there to have fun. I get it, but like my instance at Funplex, the highest ride was maybe like twenty five foot in the air. Four hundred versus four hundred and thirty foot in the air. These amusement parks, they should be a lot more stern and from the sounds of it everybody else on the other rides were just like nah you can't but for whatever reason this one was like yeah you're good to go so this one to me i call that operator error i don't think it was a design error it was operator error yeah that's a sue the park situation yes so now we move on to one that happened on July 3rd, 2021. This is another one that's close to home. This was at Adventureland on the Raging River Water Ride, which was my favorite ride every summer when my family would go there. I always wanted to do that ride. It had the longest line, so we only really did it once a day because you'd be waiting a couple hours. But Like the Adventureland in Des Moines? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. And you know the Raging River, that's the circular raft that I've never, fits. I've never been there. But the ride, you, you, you understand the ride. It's like a big circular raft. That can fit eight people on it, and there's a big like metal oh, steering wheel in the like, middle, and you go kind down kind of like a lazy river thing, but more but it's intense. M- yes, yeah. exactly. Okay. So, eleven year old Michael Jaramillo, and I'm sorry, drowned when he, the raft he and his family were on capsized, causing Michael to be trapped underwater while buckled in. His older <laughs> brother was hospitalized but survived. So that one, and there was video of that too, of the raft capsized. Now, his parents were on the ride too with him. They got out. Imagine the horror as a parent, because they were able to stand in this water. The water's not that deep, but imagine knowing your kid is trapped under this raft. You can't flip it up and get it over there. And then 
I don't know if people actually finally jumped in and helped flip it back over, but to know that your kid is dead, I mean, God, that's just scary. But here's the thing with that one was this is another, obviously not ride error. It was an operator error because after this accident happened and they investigated it, there were 17 separate safety violations such as improper repairs and inadequate records documenting both repairs and ride training, evacuation training, and different daily ride inspection forms. So either they weren't having this thing inspected as often as they're supposed to, or they were ignoring the things that were wrong. Because to me, this sounds like, it doesn't sound like it was weight distribution on this one. This one sounds like it was rust, because you got to keep in mind, especially with a water ride, yeah, Those there's things, less control there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And there's a lot of rust that can take place on these rides and corrode. Especially with all the chlorine that they're supposed to have in the water. Yeah. And I mean, these things are bumping into the sides all the time too. So like I said, that was my favorite ride to go on. I would never go on that again just because... It kind of ruins it. Just because you have like that little bit of knowledge, the, the fear kind of starts to exist. So it's like, yeah. it's hard to take that risk anymore. Well, and here's the sad thing about this, the first two I read, kids. Oh, yeah. 14-year-old and a 11-year-old. Now, we go to this one from July 26, 2017, and this was at the Ohio State Fair on the Fireball ride. Now, this ride is like a pendulum ride, and it's got seats that spin around in a circle as you're going back and forth like this. 18-year-old Tyler Jarrell, sorry, was killed on this ride and seven others injured. This ride swoops like a pendulum and swings in a circle. As the ride was in full motion, a section of seats snapped off, sending all passengers on board, smashing to the ground while still strapped in, killing Tyler. Now, I actually, after writing this, Tyler and I think one or two other people were actually ejected from their seats and they flew farther on the concrete and the impact is what killed him. Now, investigators revealed that years worth of internal excessive corrosion is what led to the incident, which now there is a video to this one as well. And the sounds of it are disgusting because you can hear it. And then you can hear him smack the metal like rails that are on the ride too. And you see him go flying, but you don't see him hit the ground. But um, this one is not operator error. It's just equipment. machinery. And I mean, I don't know the setup of this ride, but internally, I don't know how you can see corrosion. Externally, yeah. Most anything that uh, mechanical stuff, anything that is a joint or so, it's supposed to have regular maintenance on it. Yeah, I would say weekly. It's something that's used that much. And this ride had, apparently this exact ride had been in use for almost 20 years and hadn't had any changes or changes to it. And this is different from the other two because this is a state fair. So it's not something that's permanently up. It's set up and brought down. Yeah. uh, An initial, like all rides, especially for those pop-up spots. Yeah. They should be inspected before usage because, I mean, even if they're sitting dormant, that's still that's adding worse. To, yeah, like, yeah. I, it'd be better to have that thing running more. But, and this is a story I was going to say, but since we're on this, so the house I grew up in, we had a carnival every year. I grew up in La Vista. We had La Vista days. The parade went through, or went in front of our house, and in the park right behind our house, next to it, was where they set up the rides, the games, and all that stuff. Now, I, the house I was in, was able to see everything. So this is how it went up. Monday, 
all the rides would start coming in, the trucks and stuff, and they'd be parked, and they'd set up their RVs, the carnies. Tuesday, nothing. Still packed up. Wednesday, maybe a ride would start getting put up partially, but by the end of Wednesday, still no rides set up. Thursday, they opened at 4 o'clock. That's when the carnival would open. By 1 o'clock, the rides started going up. So within like... I would say given like maybe like a six hour time frame is how long it took them to set up all those rides. And I could hear the rides and stuff like there was some close to my house and you can just hear the clicking. I went on rides over there, but I quickly stopped going as a kid because I knew how unsafe those rides were, how fast they were. I mean, you go over there and it's just like, you'd see extra pieces. Like, you know, if you're putting a piece of furniture together and you're just like, I don't know what this is. Go well, the things I guess sturdy enough, but that's what these rides are like. And oh, one. Okay. Go ahead. Try again. <laughs> wow. All that for that. But yeah. So, and then you see the people operating them and it's like, fuck, I wouldn't trust you with anything, but luckily no accident ever happened over there, but you wouldn't catch me on that thing. Especially that zipper that you like so much. Fuck you for that. But. It was either the spaceship or the zipper. I like the spaceship where like seat or backing or whatever kind of like rolls up to the top and you can try to stand so you're facing on a you're standing on a wall i was like that mm. but they never let you stand as i got older fuck that thing <laughs> my story's kind of along the same lines as yours a little bit more older my friend who i was one of my best friends growing up his sister right as the internet like i am and chatting really started becoming a thing she met a partner over the internet who happened to be in one of the small traveling carnivals. Oh, yeah. And she was like, I'm coming through your area. I would love to actually meet you. We're going to be here from Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, pack up and leave. So, of course, she's like, I, w- I w- would love to meet you. Do you guys want to come with? We're like, why the fuck not? We're like 14. So we go there and... We met, we hung out, and then the carnival shut down, and we thought, oh, that's it, we're going to go home. Well, no, we ended up sitting around the fire and eventually falling asleep with all the carnies, but all of them came, sat around a bonfire, we talked, I met all of them there. They are some weird fucking people, uh-huh. and and I got to go, like, they had to do, like, a security walk around and turn off all the machines. Most all those machines are just, like, a lever and when they turn off the lever, it would spark. And yeah, sparks would fly God. everywhere. But yeah, half of them were throwing up all over the place because they were so fucking drunk already. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I, like, I, it was terrifying. They're the ones operating the ride. And they're the ones they're, you're trusting your children's life with. Yeah. yeah. You can smell the alcohol just by looking at and they, them. And they don't care. Like, there was a couple, and I remember thoroughly, a couple over here having sex in the dirt. Hell yeah. And yeah, and it was like I I'm just gonna sit here awkwardly because I'm terrified. <laughs> yeah, I remember talking to when I was little. I talked to one of the Carney's sons who was around my age, and even he was like talking like we live a shitty life, man. <laughs> like yeah. like you're eight years old. How like six months out of the year, they do the carnival thing. They live in the trailers. Yeah. Some of them are like, I mean, as shitty as it is, like the carny life is, it's for certain people. Oh, absolutely. And some of them make good money doing it. Well, you, you, people are often referred to as carnies and it's not in a positive light. It's yeah. always in a negative. Right. Negative I always way. say it in a positive light. 
Carnies are people Carnies. too. They are. Carnies are people too. Yeah, just like no matter how much negligence they. <laughs> like in California, there was the fishermen, and there was definitely three types of fishermen. There was commercial fishermen, there was sport fishermen, and then there was the other fishermen. And you could definitely know when they came in because they were <laughs> as California raisin as you could get sunburned. <laughs> And they, you, they're just like, I need bait. Like, you need a lot more than that, bud. Skin looking like leather. Yeah. So I want to talk about the last one here. And I say this one for last. It's the most information. It's probably, I mean, all the other ones are sad for young lives to be lost or any life to Even be lost. Even the 18-year-old I yeah. would consider yeah, a kid. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But this one is probably the most gruesome of them Gee. as well. Dr. So, Satan. So the... This one took place on August 7th, 2016 at Schlitterbahn Water Park in Kansas City on the ride Verrucht, V-E-R-R-U-C-K-T is how it's spelled. I love the Schlitterbahn. Yeah. So 10-year-old, now there is no video to this one, thank God. 10-year-old Caleb Schwab was decapitated while riding the water ride. The raft he was in with two women went airborne at one point, causing Caleb's head to be decapitated when it impacted with the metal support netting above the ride, more so the hump that they were going over. The two women survived, one with a broken jaw, while the other had facial bone fractures. Now, this is the thing, is Caleb was allowed to sit in the front of the raft rather than between the two women as a child of his size and weight should. He weighed 74 pounds. The women weighed 275 pounds and 197 pounds, which caused the uneven weight distribution. Now, inspectors said... So that they're saying that, like, their side kind of raised his side or so? Or? Yes. So, Jeez, fuck, like, man, like, the this was operator error. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that was the thing, too, with that they did tell me with that one ride, the the spider octopus ride was you have to have even weight distribution because if you have too much weight on this side it's going to tilt it could tilt it come off a track or something yeah that was very intimidating too because especially if you only had like six people in line waiting to go on it five of which are fat fucks and and the other one's like a small kid it was just like man that always made me nervous when they said weight distribution i was like fuck now i got to do math in my head and stuff but yeah, that's why you want to put a child, the lightest person needs to be in the middle. It should be obvious that a child should have the most secure spot in a ride, not like sitting, leading. You said he was in the he front. He was in the front, yeah. and he should have never been there. Like, I never looked at the, the, angle the of angles the, of that. stuff, but I'm assuming this was right after, I think it, they said it was the second hump. So you went down, you went over a hump, and then... When they went over the second one, that's when he went airborne. So that one still has a harness, though, isn't it? So that's kind of like this next thing is so, uh, inspector, a lap belt or something. Inspector said the metal netting shouldn't have been used over areas where riders travel up to 70 miles per hour. It posed its own hazards where a rider going at these speeds could easily lose a limb if hitting it. They also said the ride should have used a rigid over the shoulder restraint for riders and not a hook and loop strap like they were using. So basically what it sounds like, it's just, to me, it was probably just a piece of rope. belt. Yeah, Yeah. and whatnot. But they also said there was no unstop mechanism on any rafts to prevent it from going airborne. So that's something where 
the wheels are hooked into each other onto the thing. So like no matter what, it would not go, but it was a free falling, nothing on it. But yeah, the, the even with that, because I mean, going to what your second one where it capsized, where Mm -hmm. it went tilted. Yeah. Did that have a harness on it? Because like for just a lap belt, belt, even if it did tilt, having a, a shoulder harness, I mean, kind of secures your, your death because you would have to like try to get out, but you're trapped. Yeah. The the concept of those though, they should be so, what they call keel weighted yeah. weighted to the bottom where it should, there should be no absolute opportunity for it to tilt or yeah, tip. Exactly. Like, like mechanically weighted that way. It's the same way they weight boats that it should not shine or tip at all. So yeah. the fact that that happened, that is much user error is mechanical error as well. Well, it, here's the thing with water parks that I never like, like I don't really go to them. There's an added death risk. There oh, yeah. is because you, it's a slide and you're on a raft and it's water. And like, especially those ones where it's like the big raft and like when the riders go up and it's like, oh my God, oh, yeah. like it's, can easily it's going over the edge partially. It's like yeah, weight distribution again. Just having people fall out of slides that have high lips and stuff. Yeah. It's like I've, I've seen people just jump right out. I've jumped a tube. It was a snow tube but tube and down a mountain and individual tracks. I've went up and over into another lane of a tube. Oh yeah. I can imagine. No, no. I've really scared the guy next to me though. (laughs) Well, here's the thing with this one that I feel if that net wasn't there, he would still be alive because I don't think he was going to go over the sides. I think he might've been lifted out of the, the raft and been slide, but then it would have just been a regular water slide that he's going down However, he could have got stuck and the next people coming down hit him. But I don't know if that was it. Yeah, I don't remember any collision with that. I remember this story fucked me up for a while. Like I was just, I wanted to see like if they had any video, like as fucked up as people are. I know. Yeah. I guess. Fuck man. Like it's a kid. He got decapitated. I didn't know the whole details. I mean, he was sitting with two other people, weight distributed or undistributed, like being the parent still going back to that. Like you came with a kid, like he sat in the back seat in a car seat or something like that. I mean, I don't know if this one, he was a 10 year old. Was he 10? Yeah. 10. It's like, still, you were going you have to, to have fun. You have to ride right. back with an empty seat now. Yeah. Like, it's fucking sad. It like, is. It's sickening. Like as a parent, that shit right. that you don't want to think about. Yeah. It sounds like the parent wasn't, or either parent, if they were both present, they weren't on the ride. The None da- of those, those the two dad witnessed it. Yeah. It's like you watched the whole thing, like went under a bridge or whatever it was. And then he doesn't have a head anymore. It's like, man, 10 years. The people in the park, they had to have seen it and hear about it and hear the screaming. The ride operators, you do have some sort of sympathy for them because obviously they're not they didn't do it on purpose it was again you can't even control the not only being in the water but there's a wind element that kind of comes with that if the wind is slightly higher at a certain angle it changes the whole ride Mm -hmm. but i mean just this one is definitely a tough one and it's like you said all these things you're going someplace to have amusement parks and fairs are for to escape and have fun and this, yeah, this isn't like the first topic where somebody came in shooting. This was an accident. All these were accidents. Right. The main point is that I feel that as time's going on, the inspections of these rides are getting very lazy and they're not doing as in-depth of inspecting it as they should be. Yeah, they might inspect the outside of it, but 
You should be looking at the inside of this thing oh, too. Oh, for sure. I mean, if, if any movable part needs to be serviced. Mm -hmm. And it's sad. In the grand scheme of things, there's really not a lot of deaths and accidents. But at the same time, are they getting reported? I mean, there's a long list of, of, of things, but I just chose these four because they're recent. But I mean, there was even one I think that took place here locally many years ago at a pop-up state fair thing. Remember those crowns that were like the scrambler that you oh, yeah. go around? A little girl's hair got stuck in a uh, gear yeah. and it scalped her. Yeah, I remember a bungee jumping accident they used to do at the September Fest. I don't know if it was, I don't think it was a fatal one, but somebody got pretty beat up, I guess. Yeah, That's why they no longer do that here. It's <laughs> a shame, but like, you know, every summer we'd go visit my aunt and uncle in Chicago and we'd go to Six Flags Great America out there and they had a roller coaster called the Demon. I didn't do any, I don't, never was a roller coaster person. However, the only roller coaster I did ride out there was the Batman suspended one. No. I hated it, but I loved it. No. But the demon one has a spot where it goes through a loop. Well, this was, didn't happen when we were there, but my cousins that lived there, they were there the day this happened. I don't know how, but when it went in the loop, the whole cart stopped and it was stuck upside down in the loop. Luckily, the other one didn't go yet, so they were able to stop it. These people were stuck upside down for over two hours. My Jeez. cousin said, fuck puking because the loop is right over a path where people walk, which might've been a saving grace because it was able to get to them a little bit easier with the fire truck and the ladder. But I don't yeah. think it was all that bad. I mean, funnel cake puke isn't yeah. the worst thing, <laughs> but yeah, they, they told me that. And I was like, even though I hated roller coasters before I was like, never am I going on one. It's a crappy thing about like, especially the human condition, like the, a lot of us like to experience that fear or at least a controlled fear, that thrill seeking. So like roller coasters and all these rides and they're supposed to be fashioned to orchestrate that fear in a less risky level. But it's like, man, the risk is still there. It like is, anything it, can happen. And it's like, I only feel safe doing like the VR rides now. Right. <laughs> well, I just, so the point of this topic is, I really don't know. Like, I can't, I'm not going to tell you, don't have fun, but, and it, it's, it's, it, but it's, it's, <laughs> that's Jeremy's whole topic. Don't have fun. It's just the <laughs> fact Mr. that I don't like fun. Don't have fun, but it's overrated. Yeah. Go, I'm not saying don't go to amusement parks and stuff. Like I'd be more leery at your fairs and pop-up carnivals that travel around and they wear and tear and setting up and down the rides that took them less than two hours to set up. Be leery. And just because a ride looks great on the outside and it's going well, not making noise, doesn't mean it's safe. I just, I don't know. Be leery. And be, I guess, I guess the, the, the most important thing to do, and I kind of said this in a post that I put on Facebook about the shooting in Buffalo, is tell your loved ones you, you love them all the time because you don't know when the next, the last time is you see them. That dad didn't know that sending his son on the ride at Schlitterbahn was going to be the last time he's seen him. He didn't know his son was going to get decapitated. So it's like, you know, don't do it in like a very creepy way, like goodbye if I never see you again. But you just don't want to have that regret that you didn't give him a hug or kiss or tell him you loved him and stuff like that. So, you know, life is fragile and just tell your loved ones you love them and hug them and just be safe, be cautious and enjoy the moment. Exactly. Right. Or you could be like me and have OCD and you know for sure you gave him a hug and kiss because you got to do it till you get it right. Yeah. And if you're going on a ride with other people and you're the skinniest one, do not be in the front, be in the middle. <laughs> right. Or 
will just be terrified of rides and just yeah. don't fucking do them. Well, that's the one thing you could do prevent is you as a person be, can understand weight distribution. Be a little chicken and shit. What about like those go. people who couldn't make the ride or had to sit one off and then just watched a event happen? You're like, oh, that could have been me. Final I, destination. I, I'm in a final destination moment. I have yeah. to freaking break this now. Yeah, no. That's the nice thing about me is you won't catch me. I mean, that my family is going to Disney World in a couple months. I'm not going because it's because you hate fun. No, it's it's because they're going to Florida. Hot. It's, it's hot and it's a lot more humid there than it is here. Absolutely. They're going to Disney World, which is rides. I don't do rides, even if it's just like a haunted mansion where you're in a cart. Now I get motion sickness easily as an adult. <laughs> they're going to the beach. I hate the fucking beach and water and I gotta, stuff. I'll tell so. you a story about Florida. You'll never believe me, but I got so sunburned in Florida. You? It oh. was ridiculous. <laughs> so they took grafts from your ass. <laughs> I did it not that bad sunburn, but I felt like it was that bad. Yeah. But no, I, I'm very, I'm sad that I, I'm not going to go with my family, but it's just, it's a vacation that I know I'm not going to enjoy. But now you can masturbate on the couch. Yeah. yeah. You're just going to worry, yeah. a worry bait. Well, I already told them <laughs> that, you know, I mean, I'm going to be giving them all big hugs and kisses since they're going to be going on rides. Although I don't think anybody in my family is going to go on like a tall ride or anything like that. So Disney's fun. Out of the two parks, I like Disneyland better than Disney World. That's what a lot of people say. Because it's classic. Like, it's what you would imagine going to Disney would be. Disney World's way too overhyped and over big. Well, yeah, and what they charge for it, too. Oh, that, that's God, the other thing. Ridiculous. Like, they're telling me what a daily pass is. Like, get out of here. That better be like... I can go there anytime in the rest of my life for that price. Yeah, what you do is you go sit through a timeshare meeting and get two tickets for 50 bucks. Mm, don't do that. sell them for 100 Don't do that. You just got to be really good at saying uh, no, and, and Tracy's really good at saying no. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it for my topic. Um, it was a good one. Yeah, I, this, is a, this is a fun episode. I know. Now, you know what's great about this episode, though? We're content with being done. Yeah, I, that's it. Like we, we said in the beginning, we're not joking. The three of us are done doing a podcast. Um, just we can't do it anymore. No. So what we're going to do. Well, the thing was, Justin, we never expected Justin to have a fun topic. No. And now that we did it, we can we can wrap it up. Well, I do what I can. So basically what we're saying is the three of us are no longer doing a podcast together. You realize we're on episode 40. Four is the key number. We are actually bringing in a fourth guest with us. That's going to be our He doesn't guest. have to be a guest. Host. He can be a he's, host. He's Stop the that. fourth host that uh, is going to be joining us permanently. So the Boundless Pod Trap is now going to have four of us. Yes, that was him right there. He's, you, Let's do this. You've heard his voice on a couple episodes back in the day. Uh, he was the one that did um, the Terminal Tom Hanks movie. Good friend of mine. I've known him for a long time. And he's... That was from the unemployed movie, but uh, John Marshall will be joining us from here on out for our boundless pod traps podcast. So there's a chance I might, <laughs> might. I'm not into any of this. <laughs> so there's a chance I might not be the offensive one in some episodes. Uh, probably not. I mean, he's definitely going to add something different to he this. He can't be and, contained. And he's yeah. the, he's the one that actually picked out the death to smoochie, uh, death to smoochie for our next BPT movie review. So it'll be a. Uh, I don't know if I want to say this as a present to everybody. Let's start this back up. Go ahead. Oh, okay. it'll be f it'll be fun. 
because it'll yeah. be interesting. No, he's got a lot more stories about Paco because he knew him before I knew him, and he's actually the one that introduced me to Paco. Yeah. So, oh, we could probably find out some interesting facts we don't know about Paco that we will never be able to read. By the way, thank you so much for listening to the forty episodes. We thank you so much for being on this journey with us. If you want to continue this journey with us, listen to episode 41. If you want to support us, go ahead and email us at the boundless pot trap at a gmail.com. Not, not AOL. That shit's played <laughs> out. It, it, we upgraded. At gmail.com. Um, I know I always plug zazzle.com. This stuff is actually shit. Don't go there. <laughs> There's some some good things. But the keychains are awesome. I like the keychains. Support us, and we might actually get real merch. We might do some fun stuff. Where we might play a game or two that we'll get to punish each other. Now that we have John, it'll be fun. I think we should rig all the games for him to lose. Yeah, he'll never know. He'll never know. Hazing is that what it's called? Broadcasting it over over the interwebs. We're the veterans here. He's got to earn it. You're still gonna lose at every like movie Uh, one. Not if I, not if I rig it. All right. Should we be saying all this uh, on air? He doesn't listen. Oh, yeah, Shut my own. So yeah, uh, episode forty-one starts a new phase for the Boundless Pod Trap, ish. And as I always say, there's two types of people in this world, and one of them's gonna get both of you killed. And as I always say, Corey Feldman, hang it the fuck up. I'm the comeback, comeback king. for listening to this week's episode. Join us next time for more absurdity that only the guys from the Boundless Pod Trap can bring you.